The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the Raiders will be staying in Oakland, at least for next year. We're going to hit on that and this NFL vote and all the drama that is here on show 456. Nation on today's show, we will have the senior NFL list has come out for the Hall of Fame, and we got to hit on that because one of our very own is on it. Well, the circus is over for now. The NFL has voted in a bizarre turn of events. The Oakland Raiders look like they've been shunned, and the San Diego Chargers right behind them. We got to hit on that because there's so much to talk about. And last but not least, we're going to do a summation of the Rada situation. That's right. We're going to talk about the coaching, the team, the players, where we might go from here. We got a lot to talk about on that front. And of course, the bone line, most of it's about the Chiefs game. Yawn. Yeah, that was about the summation of our seasons. Well, let, let's just tar- start with that right now. Here's a brief on the Chiefs. We lost. We could have played much better. They played better. But you all know, as well as I do, the Raiders had an opportunity to take this game, but we gave this game to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they're a good team. They're a great team. They're moving on, man. They're beating people's ass. But I still see the potential in the Raiders being able to you know, beat the Chiefs three out of four times uh, if we can play the way I know we can play. So in this game... Uh, The tragic thing to me most certainly was it was Woodson's last game. And the good thing about it, even though we lost, it gave us a better draft choice, which is better, I think, in the long run. Seven and nine, a far improvement from last year. Uh, Funny how this team had morphed from a heavy, heavy offense to a heavy defense throughout the season. We'll talk about that later in the show. But, yeah, the Chiefs game... I really don't think they are the division leaders going on from this this season. They're not the dominant uh, Denver Bronco team that that can sustain victories. I think the Raiders, of all the four teams in the AFC West, have the best opportunity to take it next season. Without a doubt, that's what I'm saying. So without further ado, that is all I have to say about that. It's been too many years. The Snake, Ken Stabler, number 12, finally on the senior list for the NFL Hall of Fame. I believe he should be a shoe in but yet we don't know for sure. It's taken way too long. 
uh, tragic end of his life last season, by the way, um, and his family, total Raider, Raider Nation, represented him big time there at the Coliseum. It was, it was a moving event. Can the Snake Stabler, played for the Silver and Black from 1970 through 1979, he led them to their first Super Bowl victory. He was recently named Senior Committee Candidate for Pro Football's Hall of Fame, and here to celebrate his life and legacy are his daughters and grandchildren. They're also here today to light the torch in memory of and tribute to Al Davis, who declared that the fire that burns brightest in the Raider organization is the will to win. Raider Nation from all parts of the country, please welcome the loved ones of Ken the Snake Stabler. And to have him on this list, it's um, it's very special. I hope that the NFL committee, uh, not, not too much shenanigans here, and they just put him in and call it good. It's been too long for Ken Stabler. Uh, he was one of the best faces of the NFL during a time of turmoil in the United States. The player was a true player on the field. And he had memorable games. The Holy Roller, uh, the Sea of Hands. You know, you got to think that the NFL, the foundation of it, is hugely connected to the Oakland Raiders, something that I'm sure that they've forgotten years ago. These fat cats these days, don't let me get into it, have forgotten all that the Raiders meant to this league and got them this far in the very first frickin' place. Congratulations, Kenny, for being on the list of possibilities. We are all praying for your induction into the Hall of Fame because it is well-deserved. You know it, I know it, and worst of all, they know it. And that is all I have to say about that. No, it's not. Because Tom Flores should be in the frickin' Hall of Fame. Jack Tatum should be in the Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champion, should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there are a lot of Raiders that are left out to dry because the NFL is so lame, and it's such a power situation right now. Hell, let's get into it because I'm so pissed off I could hardly see straight. The NFL owners, uh, let's move on to this next story, man, because we have to. It's going down for The three-ring circus is over, at least for now. Well, Manny Moe and Jack, uh, the whole Pep Boys situation, which is Cronky, really Spanos, and Davis, the drama that was circling the Houston facility as the fat cat owners piled in to eat shrimp cocktails and drink highballs and vote on the fate of three franchises. Before I get into the vote itself, 
an odd dynamic happened. I mean, the, the Raiders have had years <laughs> to figure out a stadium deal here in Oakland. Too many hands in the pot. You got Alameda County. You got the Oakland Coliseum Authority, which is them. And then you have the city of Oakland as well. Um, lots of situations going on. You got the A's involved. You got the Warriors involved. It's a much bigger problem than just San Diego Chargers having just one team, one stadium, one issue. The Raiders situation is fully complicated, as well as the history between the Raiders and the NFL owners uh, when Al Davis was slinging it around, man. You know, Mark Davis's father never took any crap. I think that's one of the things that the Raider Nation loved about him. Renegade, to say the least, but he didn't take any crap from the other owners in the league. Al Davis stood up to the NFL, sued them many times, and they lost many times. Not the Raiders. The NFL paid big money to Al, and Al got his way in many ways because he knew how to work the system. And actually, the old guard of owners in the NFL had some dignity, and it was about pursuing the best for the league and all owners involved at the time. So I'm just going to say this. Al Davis left a sour taste in some of the owners and the ownership that has changed from team to team, of course, over the years. There's still enough owners in the league that remember Al, his tenacious ways. And I truly believe that this vote was a final, you know, slap in the face, uh, along with many, many other slaps, by the way, from the NFL on the Oakland Raiders and, uh, I think it was some bullshit, to say the very least. What I mean by bullshit is, you know, we could see that they were probably not going to let the Raiders go back to Los Angeles because of the sour taste in their mouth. However, to offer Mark $100 million in total compensation to build a stadium in Oakland is like pissing in the ocean, expecting it to rise, quite honestly. There was talk of $200 million loans, a G4 loan, uh, that's from the league itself, by the way. And incidentally, there was absolutely no money in those accounts for a loan. Uh, Jim Trotter, you know him well. You uh, can read him at ESPN.com. You see him on ESPN, and he's kind enough to uh, make some time for us now. And, and Jim, we appreciate it. A 30-2 uh, a to two vote yesterday when it was all said and done. Did the Carson Project ever stand a chance? Um, no. I mean, as you look at it now, I think... Going into that meeting yesterday, I think that Mark Davis and Dean Spanos felt fairly confident that they had the majority of votes, uh, not three-quarters vote, but the majority of vote among ownership. And in fact, I think they had to feel pretty good when the relocation committee came out and recommended, you know, five to one, that the Carson site should be chosen. But when that initial vote came back 20 to 12, it was basically a fait accompli at that point that Stan Kroenke was going to win that. So... Look, there are a number of layers to this thing that, you know, if you're Dean Spanos or you're the old guard in the NFL, you, you've got to be somewhat upset about because it signals, you know, or it reaffirms a change that's taking place in the NFL from being sort of a family-type atmosphere among owners where they all looked out for each other when you talk about going back in the day to revenue sharing and trying to make sure that each franchise was competitive and those sorts of things. To now, it's simply about the dollar. And you have to remember, in 2010, Roger Goodell got up before the owners and he said, excuse me, laid out a blueprint where he saw revenues could increase to $25 billion a year by 2027. And 
this L.A. situation was just another opportunity, another stepping stone to get them closer to that to that goal. Well, you said on SportsCenter last night that it was Stan Kroenke's ability to cut a check for over a billion dollars. Well, did it really just come as simple as he's that liquid and has that much cash in his project? It, it was just a no-brainer for the owners? Oh, there's no doubt. His, his wealth played a huge part in this thing. Um, because one of the things, if you're going to, to build a new stadium, the league has certain guidelines that you have to um, put up a certain amount of money or percentage of the project of the stadium in case there's some, something goes wrong um, so that it's protected financially. And for Stan Kroenke to be able to say, you know what, not a problem. I'll not only write the $1.05 billion check you know, to cover that, but I'll pay the relocation fee up front as well, you know, $550 million as opposed to paying $64 million a year over 10 years. So um, his wealth, without any question, uh, I think swayed owners, as well as, you know, his vision for the project, to be able to to sell the NFL, that it could be uh, a village, an NFL village, and you can have sort of, you know, the the West Wing of, of the NFL offices. There's no question all of that played into it as well. Jim Trotter, uh, NFL reporter for ESPN, is our guest. You can, by the way, you can also find his book, Junior Seau, The Life and Death of a Football Icon. Uh, you can check his Twitter feed and uh, Amazon for that. Um, I think you said, I saw you say it on Outside the Lines, which is that the, we just assume right now that Mark has at minimum $300 million from the league, the Raiders. The $100 million they got yesterday and the $200 million G4 loan. But as you said yesterday, there, does, is, there no. isn't G4 money right now, right? That loan, he does no, not have no. that. No, he doesn't have that. Um, look, you know, for anyone who doubts this, call the Players Association and ask them. All of the stadium credits for the NFL have been used up. And under the terms of this new collective bargaining agreement, for the NFL to, to replenish those funds, the Players Association has to sign off on it. Right now, um, I don't know that the Players Association would do that. So if the league or Mark Davis or any other owner, Dean Spanos, is counting on G4 funds, to help build a new stadium, they better get it resolved with the Players Association first because right now those funds aren't there. The way I took yesterday from the Raiders' perspective is the league owner spoke and Mark is not going to be allowed to move. I don't know what the end result is, how they're going to get a stadium done here, but he's kind of stuck here. Is that a fair point of view? No, I don't agree with that at all. I think that if Dean Spanos decides not to go into L.A., then I think Mark Davis would jump at the opportunity to go into L.A. So they would let so, two teams um, be in Southern Cal- or three teams total be in the Southern California market. They've already said it. They've, they've already said if the if the Chargers do not um, decide to go into L.A., then the Raiders have the opportunity to go into L.A. So it's pretty clear um, that Oakland, or I'm sorry, the Raiders uh, would have an opportunity to sign on as the second team in Inglewood if the Chargers choose not to do it. Jim Trotter is our guest. What's what would what's the likelihood in your mind that the Chargers would choose not to do it? I have truthfully, I have no idea. I think Dean Spanos is caught between a rock and a hard place to use that cliche because he's got you know one of two options: the lesser of two evils. He can either um, swallow his pride and now go do business with a man that he wanted nothing to do with, meaning Stan Kroenke, after he felt Kroenke circumvented him to purchase the land at Hollywood Park. Or he can eat crow and go back and negotiate with the city of San Diego, whose um, you know leadership they stopped negotiating with back in June. So which one is it going to be? It's got to be one of the two. 
So he's got to choose which is either the lesser of the two evils or the better business decision, but he's in a really tough spot right now. You're pretty tied in with the San Diego Chargers, obviously. Do you think, at talking to people in that organization yesterday, they are pretty? They were pretty floored by how everything played out, and even still right now pretty rattled by the, the end result of everything? Oh, without question. All you had to do was look at Dean's face, and I'm at the press conference afterward. I think it was a mixture of surprise, frustration, anger. I think you could put all that in there. Because what the league did is it treated him as if he were a fan. Because what does the NFL always tell us? When it, when it you know, forces you to buy PSLs or it raises ticket prices, it says it's business. It's not personal. And yesterday with what happened, what the league essentially said to Dean is that it's business. It's not personal. Because they like the league owners like Dean Spanos. He's been a great partner for them. But the reason the league, I believe, went to a secret vote is because those owners who told Dean and Mark that they would vote for them now had cover. They could go in under a secret ballot and vote another way and yet still come back to Dean or Mark and say, you know what, hey, I voted for you. I don't know who, who changed. And the same thing in the Hall of Fame voting. We vote by secret ballot. We hear all the time people say publicly, yeah, the guy's a Hall of Famer. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i vote for him. And then we get in the room and he doesn't make it, and you're saying, what the heck happened? Same thing here last night. You, you know, Jim, and you hit on it a little earlier about just how money-hungry they are and really feel – do you think, you know, Mark Cuban saying pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, this, the, the money-hungry owners and Roger and the uh, kind of their focus as a as a organization and as a league is going to kind of be the downfall ultimately when we look back 30, 40, 50 years that they're going, they're kind of getting to a slippery slope here? Yeah, I do. I, I think Mark Cuban is, is on point. Um I'd be careful about wanting to do too much too quickly. But having said that, I may be wrong. I mean, to this point, nothing reflects that the public's appetite for the NFL is going to change. Regardless of everything the league has gone through in the last few years, the numbers continue to be off the charts. So from that standpoint, you can understand the sense of arrogance that the league has at this point. But I'll tell you what's, what's, what's really interesting to me in terms of what happened yesterday, is now about the relationships. Because the league basically just dumped on one of its its best partners, meaning Dean Spanos. Uh, he's always put the league first. And so for the league to leave him hanging out to dry the way that it did was the lesser of two evils in his mind. To fail to negotiate some sort of settlement in this thing where everybody walked away happy, um, to me, it's a sign of poor leadership on the part of Roger Goodell, and particularly leaving this to Eric Grubman, you know, to handle the L.A. situation. So that's going to be interesting to me because I had owners telling me before that vote, if Mark Davis, Dean Spanos, and Stan Kroenke all do not walk away feeling okay with what transpired, it would be the first crack in support Mm. um, in Roger Goodell's foundation of support because now you've pitted owners against owners. So I'm going to be very interested to see what happens as this thing goes forward. Mm. Because the hundred million that they offered to the Chargers and the Raiders definitely feels uh, useless, hollow. Yeah. Look, as Mark said last night, using his words, you know, in essence, that doesn't bridge the gap. The gap that was separating Mark from getting a deal done in Oakland um, was far greater than a hundred million dollars, and it was greater than three hundred million dollars. So, you know, somebody better step up with some other plan because right now that's not going to get it done. 
Jim Trotter. Jim, we appreciate you making time uh, this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Let's just get to poor old uh, Spanos. Now, I'm a, not a Charger fan. You guys know that, but you got to hear the facts here. Dean Spanos and the Spanos family have been, well, more than generous with the league. They have gone over backwards to assist the NFL in getting better ground and assisting in voting to make the NFL the easier path to riches. And they were a great building block and partner to all these greedy, fat cast assholes that own the other teams. I feel bad for the Spanos family because they have sacrificed things that would be in their best interest for the best interest of the league, only to be spit in the face by the uh, decision of the NFL in this stadium fiasco that we have in front of us. I'd just like to read a statement, if I could. My goal from the start of this process was to create the options necessary to safeguard the future of the Chargers franchise while respecting the will of my fellow NFL owners. Today we achieved this goal with a compromise reached by the NFL ownership. The Chargers have been approved to relocate to Los Angeles at the Inglewood location at any time in the next year. In addition, in assistance in the event there is a potential solution that can be placed before voters in San Diego, I will be working over the next several weeks to explore these options that we have now created for ourselves to determine the best path forward for the Chargers. Thank you. Spanos and Mark Davis did come together because they were the two least rich guys in the big fat cat room. They have an agreement, and they were going to move their team to Los Angeles and Carson. Now, neither one of these guys had a lot of money, but the Spanos family has way more money than the Davis family. That's a fact. Spanos family can uh, they can make a move, whereas uh, Mark Davis, I don't know if he can get enough toilet paper for next year, year's uh, football games. Then walks in Iger from Disney to support this project. Uh, he had great plans. I'm sure that Disney did a hell of a job with the plans of the Carson project. I'm sure it was beautiful, and I'm sure that everything that could have possibly been done would have been done under the scope of the Disney uh, eye, perhaps you, you want to say. This gave credence. He was probably going to be a partner as well. So this situation and project looked like it was a great possibility. And, you know, uh, Iger pays billions of dollars to the NFL. I mean, this guy pays money uh, and TV rights. Trust me, he is a big player with big pockets. And that's one of the reasons I thought the Raiders were for sure going to move to Carson, but not so fast. Let's get to the committee vote because this is pretty interesting. The committee that was in charge of uh, examining the moves of these franchises to the Los Angeles market voted early because we were all on the Internet waiting for some word. Five to one in favor of the Carson Project. This was an uplifting event for Iger, Davis, and Spanos. Not so much for myself and the other Raider fans here at Oakland, but it looked like this was the direction that the ownership was going to go to. And let me just say this for sure. In the history of the NFL, the owners go with these committees 99% of the time. The committee vote is a huge part of the decision process for the other owners. 
They rarely, if ever, go against it. And here we go. Look what happened. Cranky Cronky that is hated by those poor-ass Ram fans that are going to lose their freaking football team, and I feel for them, and you know how that, that feels because we thought we were going to lose ours. That would have been brutal. Well, they did lose theirs because Cronky, the multi-multi-billionaire who could write checks left and right all he wants, went to the NFL and the owners and said, look, I'll put up $1.05 billion. Here's my check. Oh, by the way, the moving fee of $550 million. Here's another check for that. Do we have any more questions? Like most deals, money talks and bullshit. It starts to walk. And at the end of the meeting and all is said and done, the vote was 30 to 2 for the Hollywood Park project in Inglewood and Cronky's ability to move the team from St. Louis. What a freaking surprise. That's not a surprise at all when you think of the money that's involved in this transaction. The Raiders had nothing. Spanos had a little. Cronky had it all. Not only was Cronky going to move the team to L.A., if the Raiders, if the, the owners would have voted against him, I am positive that he'd have put up a lawsuit just like Al Davis, and it would have been a shitstorm all over again. But the owners probably never even worried about that. They looked at these checks and said, cha-ching! Yeah, here's what we'll do. We'll let Cronky build whatever he wants. We'll throw Spanos a bone and let him stay there under Cronky's thumb or come up with half the money for the stadium project, which is going to be a tough one for him. And then we'll just let those asshole Raiders stay in Oakland. We don't need screw Mark Davis. He has no money, he has no power, he has no clout. He sits at the little boy's table at the NFL owners meeting. He is a minor player in the billion-dollar boys club. Not only did Cronky say he was going to build this palace of a stadium that re represent the NFL and show the Hollywood factor uh, there in Los Angeles, but he also uh, gave the NFL offices on the West Coast in the building as well as hosting the Combine and a myriad of other benefits to the fat cat owners that are not the old ownership that used to be the family businesses that really were the backbone of the league now we're talking multi-billion dollar corporations, uh, multiple owners, big, big money. And I think the mom and pop football club concept has finally left. I think Mark and, and Spanos, uh, Davis Spanos, are the only two really old owners uh, that don't have their finger in someone else's pie or have another source of income that brings in millions and millions of dollars. Now, Spanos doesn't move the Chargers to L.A. Mark will get an opportunity to move there. Now, Spanos is kind of stuck <laughs> because he was going to go to Inglewood, and then this cronky cat pulled in, bought all the land in Hollywood Park, and there's where it started. Spanos needed Davis. Davis needed him, so they became partners, and there you go. 
Didn't make a damn bit of difference because you know the outcome of the whole thing. Now, Mark Davis is really screwed because for our benefit, I'm happy he's staying at Oakland, but that is far from what Mark Davis wanted to do. Mark has spent millions of dollars, all of his resources, and he's focused 100% at moving this team to Los Angeles. He was going to make the move. That was his play. He has no money. He has no respect from ownership because, you know, they don't trust, they don't have any respect for him because he's not a fat cat. You know, and so here's Mark. He's pissed. Listen to what he says. Well, this is uh, not a win for the Raiders today, but at the same time, I'm really happy for Stan Kroenke and the Rams going to Inglewood. Um, I want to congratulate the mayor of Inglewood, uh, Mayor Butts. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, we'll see where the Raider Nation heads, ends up here. Um, we'll be working really hard to find us a home. And that's what we're looking for. And so for our fans and everything else, don't don't feel bad. We'll get it right. All right. Thank you very much. And congratulations. You don't want to be in Oakland. That's exactly what he said. I do not want to be in Oakland. I will go anywhere that will build me a stadium. It didn't end well for the Raiders, certainly. It's just it's hard for me to see. And I know there's a new world NFL uh, to see the league bully. The Raiders like that. <laughs> it's just hard. I mean, Al would never would have tolerated any of this. He wouldn't have sat there at their meetings at Bob McNair's town and done all that. He wouldn't have done it. He would have said, screw you. I'm doing what I want, and you stop me. And it's just now there's a big, bad new guy in the block with <laughs> his money, his wife's money, and a lot of money, and they can do what they wanted. And, and also, Jerry Jones, I think, quite obviously pushed this through. And, uh, I mean, they they had the L.A. subcommittee at a 5-1 to one vote. So uh, what we know it was 30 to 2. Uh, I read Mike Brown voted against it. Who, who else? Clark Hunt? I, I mean, would imagine so, so because it, it looks so like the other, the other guys all flipped their votes, right? The other five that all voted initially for Carson, Bob Kraft and Bob McNair, Jerry Richardson, John Mayer, and Art Rooney all flipped their votes. So uh, the, I think this was a Jerry Jones production because this new stadium that Stan Kroenke's going to build He's even said it's better than his place. And, you know, he, it's, it's if you want to go to L.A., you want Kroenke's money, to be sure. Uh, but it's just it just leaves the Raiders in such the state of limbo. I know Oakland's happy, but just slow your roll here. You're temporarily. Well, you just play it out. We'll see what Spanos does. I mean, the worry was yesterday when you, you know, do we vote, vote do we root for Carson to lose, so they stay here. Well, that's not; they're not tied together. The, the Carson deal would have meant they, you know, had they got approval to do that, they would have been 400 miles away. It's less than an hour air flight. You could drive there. I mean, now you don't know what they do. I mean, the, as Mark said, he's getting he was a little frustrated yesterday, and you, you could see tell. it. He I mean, left obviously. the stage. I think he played nice. He, you know, he issued a release saying he congratulates him, and he he got up there and, and had to make a statement. Uh, and they made Spanos do a crock. He looked like he lost. He looks like the way uh, Morticia. Well, he always does, yeah. Anyway, so I, it's 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 a difficult day. I just uh, it's. I know the East Bay is probably happy because they think they're staying, but I don't 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 get too excited here. How this all plays out? There's, uh, we thought the end fall, uh, the end game of this would be they wouldn't get Carson. He would get Inglewood Cronky, and you get a lot of money. Well. $100 million is a lot of money, but... Not it, in the scheme, Of though. course not. It's not nearly close. And when you look at it for the other 
uh, 30 owners to contribute 3.3 million each is, you know, walking around money for them. It's tip money. So it's a lot of money. I'm not denigrating a hundred million dollars, but it's it's not, it's everything that we've gone through on this show. Uh, it's just this end game was always there in the back of my mind that they could just say, Kroenke's got it and screw the rest of you. I thought maybe they would be loyal to Gene Spanos, but in the end, they, they were not loyal to him either. And they're forcing him to take a deal that he may not like, but I think in the end, he'll have to assess it. I would not be shocked if he stayed in San Diego and the Raiders in a year or two moved to L.A. Also, the league, they're so crafty in everything they do. They, It's obvious they strong-armed everybody to get this deal done at the end once they got a little movement uh and to leave, they just, they're so, the one thing is they, you don't want to put two teams in LA because it takes the leverage away right. for the other teams. So, That's to exactly put, what they wanted. To put one team in LA and leave open for a second team. Now you can go back to San Diego and Oakland and try to get your deals, which is probably a smart thing. You don't want those teams leaving. I mean, in the end, the Chargers should stay in San Diego. The Raiders should stay in Oakland. And really, they, it just sounds, it was always weird for me to even say, St. Louis Rams. It just it just did not roll off the tongue. Los Angeles Rams rolls off the tongue. That's who they are. Roman Gabriel, Merlin Olson, Deacon Jones. I mean, that's that's the team. So it's okay that way. But as far as the Raiders right now, it's 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 a dark day. You don't really quite know what they're going to do. They're going to have to wake up this morning and chart a new course. But you also have to wait and see what the Chargers do. And then you got to figure out where you're going to play this coming football season. They have no lease. And the one thing is. If you just keep signing one-year leases with them, then they're they're thinking, you know, where else does he have? So I think they really need to push other options Agreed. around the country for a temporary home. I know they looked into Stanford Stadium. Al, one day, years ago, called me, uh, can you play football at AT&T Park or Pac Bell, whatever it's called then? And I said, they have a bowl game there every year. And he was looking into it. I've seen Larry at, at the, in Alameda offices, Larry Bear, a lot. That's an option. Stanford Stadium, uh, with the way it's been redone and all their suites is an option. There's other options. I guess you could re, you could revisit Santa Clara, although I think that's a long shot. But first and foremost, before you, you figure out tomorrow, you got to figure out where you're, where are you going to play football next year in 2016? And I don't think it's a certainty that it's the ODOT. I remember just the thoughts of some of the Raider people on Christmas Eve. The prevailing theory to a lot of people was we may not we may not get Carson, but I don't think we're playing here at the at next year. That's why I was a little emotional about Christmas Eve because I thought it might be the last game, and now we'll see how it all plays out. But yesterday was it was not really in the end. It's not a great day for Oakland. Not a bad day, obviously. If the Carson plan worked, they pick up and they move. But you, there's no guarantees about how this is going to play out long term. And it's it was just a hard day. For the Raiders to be bullied like that. Everybody was calling me off the hook last night, NFL Network. I, I, I turned off my phone. What do you want me to say? Yeah. It's just not a good day for them to be, to be, go to these owner meetings and just not, just, and I understand they have no leverage here. It's difficult, but to be bullied by the power broker owners uh, in a deal that they've been working on so long is just hard to see. All right, we'll get into it in about uh, 10 minutes. I want to run something past you at about 15 past the hour, but let me, let me go to that real quick. Uh, I understand it's all about a business deal, but exact, that was the exact thing. When I was watching the press conference, and you watch Mark go up there for a brief time and leave the stage, and Dean Spanos reads a a statement, and then Stan Kroenke, who is clearly the best businessman of the bunch, and he speaks the power owner's he's language. Just, he's got the most That's money. what he does. He's got and a he, lot of money. And he understands how to do this, and he's done it in business, and this was what it was, is a business deal. 
but you see iconic franchises like the Raiders go up there and they've just been marginalized. And it's not about that, and I understand that, but it was sad. In watching it, it was just sad to see an iconic franchise and brand like the Raiders get pushed to the back of the room because a guy who is fairly new to this whole thing knows how to speak the owner power owner language and the, he the wins. power owner language is US currency. Absolutely. And he's got eleven billion of them. So it's just he can he can do the deal. And the the, the you know, we went back and forth. We I haven't really studied either plan. You know, I thought Inglewood was the favorable site just where it's location. Uh we had Jason Cole on yesterday and said, Oh, a lot of the owners like Carson, which I really hadn't heard. But I think in the end, you just if you're going to go back into L.A., you needed to go back in with all the bells and whistles of this deal that he has. And it's, uh, you know, the five five and five hundred fifty million dollar relocation fee on top of the one point eight. It's just not a lot to him. He doesn't have to finance any of it. And uh, now he'll play in the L.A. Coliseum next year. And they're going to be the Los Angeles Rams. The interesting shell game here is St. Louis and you know, I I never had a great affinity for the St. Louis Rams, but the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, when they moved from Chicago, they, that was a great franchise. Well, not a great franchise, but a good franchise in the 70s, and they have a history there. St. Louis has a long history of the NFL, and I'm wondering, you know, how do they get a piece? Because they really seem crushed that they lost a team again. The Bidwells did it to them once, and now Kroenke does it to them. And, uh, you know, also just, you know, San Diego, I think, is going to be an interesting destination here and the one thing that i wonder how they resolve the meeting if spanos takes inglewood are you allowed to move into san diego county and and move back into either mission valley or downtown there's uh, there a couple articles on that and it's and that's not has it been resolved no but it, it's kind of like what we were talking about before they don't really think they can even though san diego is a couple hours south they don't think they can have three teams in southern california so is san diego an option for the raiders i don't think it is but but who knows a lot can be so, do they have the ability to block it and you know this 550 million dollar relocation fee i know it was la i wonder if they will adjust that for other cities but if you're mark and you're thinking of san antonio or whoever you're thinking portland sac whatever city you want to come up with you got to factor in 550 million additional dollars I no i don't do that though i don't know if it'll be quite that high it was LA. It was because it was for yeah. la but they're going to get it twice i mean that's 1.1 billion so i know la is a different deal i wonder if they would adjust it but it's just uh yeah that's yesterday was a, a joke by the way the 100 I, million thing really sticks it sticks it in me because you just got into L.A. You just increased revenues right there, and a hundred million dollars as you walked. Well, as you said, three point three million for each franchise—that's a joke. And, well, they didn't and have to give you anything. I know they didn't, but so, as you pointed out, if Al is alive, he's either getting L.A. or he's getting every—he's squeezing every dime out of him. I don't know. You know so what? Though, but they—they, they, you know, Al had to take him to to court to to fit. It was three point three though to a. Yeah, I, I, I under, a but they—and it's money they may never have to pay. I mean, if if if, if Spanos takes Inglewood, they don't have to. He doesn't have to give him a hundred mil. And if the Raiders don't get a deal done at a certain time, I think it's a year that they have to use those money. So, I, I again, they didn't have to do anything. But we've been talking for weeks, going back to Don Banks, and we thought maybe they'll go with Inglewood, and the Chargers and Rams will wind up there, and they'll take some money. And then, you know, you you brought it up right away, and I thought they had to have had, had uh, discussed this. But when it got into the room, are you asking men to give away money they don't have to give away to a competitor? Why? Why, why would I do they're that? They're businessmen. So, they don't, they don't uh, do that. Yeah. So it just it didn't happen. You got a hundred mil. You needed another four or five times that amount to probably make it all work. So again, it's just it's here. We don't know where they're going to play. How it's going to work, and believe me, just assume they're going to play in the ODOT Co. They may resign a lease and 
Mayor Schaaf may give him more land to start the process, but I think Mark is going to use this as a trump card to get a stadium built, and uh, giving him a, a bigger plot of land would probably be the first thing to even consider a lease. Otherwise, I'm sure his people are on the phone right now and were last night calling Stanford Stadium, calling Cal, calling Larry Bear and AT&T, calling everybody just to see maybe if the Chargers stay at Qualcomm next year, you go to the uh, L.A. Coliseum and, and share that stadium with the Rams next year. So we'll just see how it all plays out. But yesterday was a strange day, and you could sort of feel it coming the longer that meeting went, that they were going to, they were just going to, Jerry Jones was going to power play it. And the commissioner, this is that those guys get what they want in the end. And in the end, they wanted Kroenke and they wanted Englewood, which you could understand to a large they wanted extent. One of their own. The way they just completely dismissed the state of Missouri and St. Louis, it was obvious that even though, you know, St. Louis probably made the best effort to keep their team, it doesn't matter. We want his billions in that stadium right there. Yep. And we That's can rebrand ourselves and how much more. Will that mean to the NFL? And y'all talk about, you know, L.A. doesn't want a team. There's nothing like local ratings. They're getting, when they watch an NFL game, we watch a game, you know, it gets a five or a six or, you know, maybe a Sunday night game gets a nine. If you're a local team, NFL, you're getting 25, market two's back 30, in the NFL. 35. Look at the Warriors. People aren't watching the whole NBA here. They're watching the Warriors. They're getting huge ratings. They You put a team that you call the Los Angeles Rams in that city again, I mean, the, 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 the network money they get from the L.A. market, the ratings will soar. And they, I can't believe they, they waited so long to do it, but they had to get there now. Now, back to Papa and Lund on 95.7 The Game. Well, this is a, not a win for the Raiders today, but at the same time, I'm really happy for Stan Kroenke and the Rams going to Inglewood. Um, I want to congratulate the mayor of Inglewood. Uh, Mayor Butts uh, is a good friend of mine, and uh, we'll see where the Raider Nation ends up here. Um, We'll be working really hard to find us a home, and that's what we're looking for. And so for our fans and everything else, don't, don't feel bad. We'll get it right. All right. Thank you very much, and congratulations. There was his statement from the press conference. Not only is it not a win, it's a gigantic kick in the nuts. $100 million is like, is like going on, uh, let's make a deal when you get the donkey. I mean, that's just but, that's but what they, it is. they had no leverage. I know. They I, had I'm, no leverage. And I, I commend Mark this, for playing nice he, there. Yep, I you, do, too. Al was the ultimate sore loser. Could you imagine him getting up and oh. say what he said? Not now. Yep. I'm not doing it. He would have left. Okay. He wouldn't have stayed around to watch their 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 uh, press conference and to have him do it. I mean, that, again, he's going to need the assistance of the league. And the league just, they, they took L.A. back. So. But you get stomped on, no offense to anybody, but... But I think what the obvious thing, what they do need to do next, whether they stay, whether they go, whatever stadium they play in, they need to get somebody high-powered within the organization who can speak power owner language, a CEO <laughs> who can be a power guy, who can stand up there and, and be the liaison, not Bob Iger, who's part of the, the stadium, but part of the franchise who can speak that language. It's no offense I, to I Mark. I don't know if he it's one individual but, that can do but, but it. But he you doesn't need, have that experience. It's no lot offense of, to him. No, the, the problem but you is, have to get somebody like that no, who can speak no, that language. The language is money. The problem is Mark's dad was a football guy. But Al would have done it. No, but Al, no, he did not. Who did he do he that? He would have done it, though. But, but the, the, the landscape has changed. You have to remember who the Raiders are. They aren't the, the Spanoses are rich. Alex Spanos and all the money he has, he gave more money away than Al made in his life. They, they're, they're but holding, he can't, he just can't hold do on it either. He could have. The difference is Kroenke came in first. 
L.A. was in limbo forever. And you always heard AEG is going to do this and the Lewickies. And there was a plan forever and ever. Well, Cronky, a little over a year ago, bought up that land around Hollywood Park. And it got everybody in the NFL's attention, including Dean Spanos. And he just started faster. He bought the land up. He had the plan. Everybody knew what he was going to do. I wonder if they knew that, if that was ever addressed when he bought the St. Louis Rams in 2010. I wonder if it was ever brought up that you would move this team. Just wonder. I have to go back to the uh, copy points of their their meetings back then. But he had he had the money to get it done. Uh, Dean Spanos is it, he doesn't have that. They'd have a lot of money, but it's just it, you need someone with enormous money. Al Davis did not have a lot of money, but someone who is dynamic, who is a CEO, it's, it's who not, has all the connections. Not, Here's what I'm it's saying: not, it, you're, it's you can do I this. Car, Carmen policy is the guy they brought in. He's Carmen the charmer. He doesn't work he, for he, he the Raiders. He's not part money. of the organization. It's money. But that those CEOs after. have the connections to what's, get the money. What's that going to do? That okay? What so do you mean? Oh, to go out and get the stadium built saying. here? Yeah, they. You ultimately, have to get. Right, they need. Do you not agree? That they need someone to know. head up the effort who is that dynamic person. And there's someone in the Bay Area. This is one of the most dynamic places for that. You've got they to get They don't want to bring that. somebody in from there. They elevated and it's Mark Bedane. Well, you don't. You just, let's just see how it plays out here and what they're able to do. They may pick up and move this team away. But uh, the Raiders just, they, they've always been, well, not always, but for a long, long time, they've just been poor. Al did not have an outside business. What was what was the line uh, Amy had for years? Our owner doesn't make what she say gadgets or some device or he's he's a football guy. He accrued his money by the value of the franchise escalating. He was a coach. He went to be the commissioner of the league and he parlayed that into a, a minority ownership that gave him the managing partner title and it's like buying a you know a little home in 1965 in the Bay Area and then by 2010 it's worth, you know, a, a you know, 12 times what you paid for it. That's what happened in the NFL to a larger extent. Al was never a wealthy man. He complained constantly about big revenue and small revenue. And what's the irony about this with Jerry Jones? Al took Jerry Jones under his yeah. wing when he first got in the NFL. And I think Al saw a lot of his own cavalier attitude. He advised him on a lot of things. Then Jerry won. They were very, very close. But at the end... Al was not, he kind of cut Jerry Jones off. And it's because of it, a, a deal they had at the owner's meeting one year. I forget exactly, but it, it dealt with revenue sharing. And Jerry Jones was not going to share. Right now they share the national TV deal, the national radio deal. They do not share any of the local deals. They do not share butts in the seats. There are some monies, I believe, for being the road team. Uh, but Al, Al wanted it all shared. So... What am I going to do here in Oakland? How do I compete with Pat Bolin? How do I compete with Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder? How do I do it? So he, at the end, he had a major falling out with Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones, in his mind, crossed him. And uh, whatever it was, real or imagined, Al was like that. And there was a vote where he, uh, Jerry, obviously being a big market, large revenue owner, sided with that side and left Al out there. And they never, ever resolved it. But was the intriguing thing is when Al died, the only person I can think of outside of the organization connected to the NFL, I'd have to think, but he was definitely the only owner to come. And Jerry Jones, the Cowboys played a Sunday night game. Al's funeral was on a Monday. They lost a tough game. He got on a flight and he flew I remember, yeah. to Al Davis's funeral. So, you know, times change and he's, you know, obviously spoken well of Al, but I think ultimately 
What happened here is Jerry Jones wanted this deal because this stadium in Inglewood is a lot like he has in Dallas. And it is the Dallas stadium is awesome. It's the greatest football stadium by far. I think, you know, you know how every Super Bowl should be played there. Well, now you don't have to go to North Texas to get it. You can go to Southern California and L.A. And he just saw it as the way to, he was the guy. This was the right time. And I think he drove it through. So you could talk all you want about a smooth talker. It just came down to money. I don't think anybody particularly likes Stan Kroenke. I think the bottom line, you could talk about smooth talker and a guy who's connected. And they may need that more here now. They do. So, well, they, they need about $500 million is what they need. But I think ultimately Kroenke was just, he's just too well-oiled. He just had way too much money. He was not going to spare any cost. The fact that it was a retractable dome, there were so many factors, the... Where it was at Inglewood, not all the way down to Carson. Yes, there was the FAA being next to LAX and all that, but they'll work it out. So, And they're going to put the NFL Network is going to have a lot of their facilities right on the grounds there, mm-hmm. not down where they in Culver City or somewhere. So it's, it is what it is. It's just it's hard that I think Jerry Jones was the driving force. And, I, you know, Al, he did this whole big market, small market, large revenue, small revenue divide that the Oakland A's obviously feel, although they've had a way of circumventing it in baseball with something called the luxury tax, and they get a nice check every year at about 40 mil. It doesn't happen in the NFL because your salaries are for players are consistent, but everything else is is great discrepancy because of how wealthy your owner is and what are the monies you generate. So it was just hard to see it go down that way. But I think, well, now we'll just see what they do. But I, I think the first thing that they're doing is calling around the country to, to have options to give themselves leverage when they deal with Oakland. Now, back to Papa and Locked on 95.7 The Game. I'm very excited that there is more money from the NFL on the table. That really could make the difference, particularly based on the numbers we've been working with. I believe that's going to get us over the goal line. What? Over the goal line. Touchdown, is, Raiders. Is the... Uh, is the weed wafting into maybe, the uh, maybe mayor's Libby, uh, Libby can run 14 blast. This, I, I mean, it gets you $100 million closer, which is pocket well, change she, for these guys. She has still the money. About, she knows what she needs. Well, there's about $500 million short there. Have you been penciling it out? Yeah. yeah this morning. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the exact figure? You're just rounding off to 500 mil. No, but e- even if it was a couple hundred mil, where, where's that coming well, from? I, I don't know. She's obviously you would been working agree with this. out. I, I don't have any this. opinion it's, on it's, this. It's, it's still You a, know what I would say to her? You have gap. a shot. Libby, you've got your opening. Had that Carson vote gone Carson, they'd be gone. You've got an opening. Give them all the land you got. Give them all the money you got. You know, Oakland needs to do what it needs to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do with the money. But you do have an opening right here now. He wants to keep the team here, so you have your shot. But if you dick around much longer, he's going to... He's gonna he's gonna have to figure out where to go with this team, and if, he will move them. If I were him, and he can do whatever he wants, I would not play in Oakland next year. You because, love talking for other people, doesn't he? No, I I said I I said I okay. I said if right. I I me was right. him, all right, I would play somewhere else because there's a leverage to be played. That you pointed hey, this that, out. That here. would also make it hard on your football team. I you understand. just built a ten million dollar performance center, what two miles away in Alameda, California. You're right there. It's a lot easier to play. You also want to win. You almost, you know, got to 500 this year. Hopefully you make the next step up, 10, 11 wins. But how long do you want to do this? As well, you pointed I, out in the first well, segment. Hopefully they, he can use this time to negotiate some kind of a accord, have more monies put into it. Maybe somebody out there, you know, you all want to bring up Larry Ellison. Cause he, is he, is he the only rich guy that lives here? There's so many millionaires and near billionaires and probably billionaires that live here in the Bay Area. You don't need Larry Ellison. 
Now, if he wants to be a part of it, that's a different deal. But Mark's not going to sell the team. There, there are ways to do it through, you know, signage. Uh, there's all kinds of ways. Like they're going to have to generate the money. But they've been working at this for years. Years it's been going on. He's been banging his head against the wall right. for a long time. He's gotten frustrated. That's why he brought San Antonio in. Uh, that's still a viable consideration. You got just got to figure it out. The first thing he has to figure out. And what I read, the Chargers have to let you know by sometime in March if they're going to go to the L.A. Oh, Coliseum. not until June, so I don't know what's going to happen Well, they're, they're going to have to decide. They'll, they'll probably decide in the coming weeks. They, they have to know by certainly the start of the new league year, which is what this year, the 15th, March 15th, somewhere around there. They're going to have to decide where they go. Now, if they if they don't go to L.A. this year, they may just stay where they are in Mission right. Valley then the Raiders could wind up going to the L.A. Coliseum. But as you pointed out, all I'm saying is at some point you have to call the bluff, even if it's temporary, to go somewhere else to show that, that you have other options, and then maybe Oakland gets serious. But uh, this doesn't change anything. The $100 million doesn't change anything. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, it's $100 million less you need. Yeah. If you need $5 and I give you $1, now you need $4. So it, it does matter. It's a lot of money. And if she seems to think she's close to the goal line, so... Are they in the red zone? Are they in the uh, goal-to-go situation? She'll, we'll see. But they, Oakland does have a shot to get this done. And let me say, I'm glad she's the mayor, then not the previous mayors we've had, like the last 10 years or more. You know, we'll see. Time will tell whether the Oakland Raiders get a stadium at the Coliseum site. You know, I, I still don't think it can happen. But I've been wrong already because I thought they were moving to Los Angeles. But... The reason I thought they're moving to Los Angeles is because this is such a freaking mess here. And the owners of the NFL, who once praised and stood on the shoulders of the Raiders, who built their businesses, their, their multi-billion dollar businesses on the shoulders of the Raiders, championships, stories, toughness, everything that is football, and they crap on Al Davis's son, Al Davis's dream. So w- time will tell whether the Raiders will get a stadium in Oakland. One thing is for sure, Mark is kind of stuck. He's not stuck here, really. But he, if he's going to move anywhere, what does he need? He needs the vote from the other 32. And that, I don't think, is going to happen. I think he's relegated to Oakland. That's his penance for his father's, you know, uh, gutsy calls and brave moves, and that's what is going to happen. So I don't know the future here with Mark Davis and the Oakland Raiders. I don't know if they stay in Oakland or they go to San Antonio or who knows where. I know next season, 2016-17 season, the Oakland Raiders will be at home. They will be at the Coliseum. They will be playing in front of the home crowd I will be going to every game like I have been for the last 12 seasons. And I will say this. I look forward to these games. Uh, Every game is precious. And, uh, well, if you can, put your ass in a seat. This is kind of the convoluted message. I hope you guys understood what I'm saying here. I know I do, but that's kind of twisted anyway. (laughs) And, uh, well, it is what it is. We got the Raiders back in town, even though Mark Davis is definitely not happy about it. Uh, And Libby, (laughs) Libby Schaaf, 
Libby Schaff joining Chad Joe and Lowe on 95.7 The Game. Mayor, good morning. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Good morning. It's great to be back. All right, Mayor, what was your reaction to the NFL owners yesterday voting in favor of the Stan Kroenke Inglewood plan, which sends the Rams back to L.A.? Well, obviously, I am excited. I mean, I am a native Oaklander. I have grown up with this team, and I recognize that um, while Mark Davis's statements were not as enthusiastic as uh, us Raiders fans would like, uh, we now have the time. And we have something that no other place has. That's the legacy of the Raiders and the most incredible fans in the nation. And I know that Mark is going to reconnect with that energy that the fans bring, that game day experience that is like none other than in Oakland. Mayor, when you talk about the different things that you would like to see, your vision, more police, you know, with crime on the rise, more education, all those great things that – I think we all need as a country. If the Raiders are to build a stadium, especially in a distressed area, wasn't the land value and the different properties values go up and increase taxes? Doesn't that help the cause, the police, school, jobs? Absolutely. And that is something else that Oakland has that most other places in the country don't have. And that is incredible development value in our land. And I just need to correct you a little bit. Crime is actually going down in Oakland, but we need it to continue to do that. Uh, it is definitely not at a level that satisfies me. Uh, and so we can make this happen uh, if given the opportunity. And that is what the NFL has done for us. I believe they heard those passionate fans at the town hall. They heard me when I made the case and demonstrated what an incredible, valuable market Oakland is when I went back to New York. Um, and so we've got that development value. And that, combined with other tools, we are confident can build a new stadium for the Raiders that works for our incredible fans, that works for the team and the NFL, but is also responsible to Oakland's taxpayers. We can get this done. When you, when you talk about that and we talk about infrastructure, in that area, isn't infrastructure needed right now? Don't you think there's infrastructure needed? It is, and the city has committed to funding the infrastructure at our expense, and we're talking about between 90 and $100 million. That is a significant public contribution. Um, but that infrastructure will then be owned by the public in perpetuity. We also have um, secured grant funding to do improvements to the transit and the transportation access. This is one of the most incredible sites for sports in the country. The access by car, by BART, by bus, by train, even by airplane is like none other. And that asset is um, something that I know um, is going to come back to the attention uh, to Mark Davis uh, once he recovers from um, (laughs) things not going his way. But the NFL has seen that. Sure. So if that's if that's if that's the case and we know that can help jobs and all these different things, police, fire, would it behoove the city to sell the land to the Raiders for a dollar? So I think there is a lot more interest in a long-term lease to the Raiders uh, under what we would call favorable terms. Again, it's a value to the city to see that land developed. And what we haven't really had the opportunity to do because the Raiders have been focused on Los Angeles is really sit down and in detail 
demonstrate to the raiders that we can do development, but also leave enough space for that tailgating experience, enough surface parking spaces, but also have development. And they, we haven't had the opportunity to really show that to them space by space. We are prepared to do that, and that is what we are going to be rolling up our sleeves and getting down to ASAP. So the Raiders are able to buy, the, so are we charging the Raiders to buy the land? Are you going to give them the, now that I heard that there was a plan in place, but it was going to shrink the amount of acres that they could buy, and it wasn't going to be given, donated as a dollar for you could end in the domain and say, hey, look, we're going to give you guys a discount. Is that not true? So, again, we're not talking about selling them the land. We're talking about a long-term lease, but that still gives you that development value. Um, there have been a lot of things said about what the city promised to the Raiders in the past. Um, you know, there's, there is uh, not agreement on what was said in the past, but honestly, um, everyone has got to focus on moving forward. I can certainly tell you that no binding offers were made on behalf of the city of Oakland. Um, We are a public entity. We have to do things in the public eye. The council has to take public votes uh, before anything is formal. And that uh, has never happened. And, uh, but that is what I want to make happen in a way that works for everybody. Sure. And if the stadium is built, would the Raiders exclusively have the name and rights or the city once feels that they should receives part of that income? No, the Raiders have been very clear. They want the naming rights. They want all the game day revenues, you know, the pouring rights, uh, things that they don't currently have with their their present deal. Um, and so that is something that we know is important to them, and we believe we can make this deal work even with those uh, conditions. Happy to be joined by Oakland Mayor Livy Schaff here on Chad Joe and Low 95.7 The Game. Mayor, what would Mark Davis and the Raiders need to do? What would they need to come to you with as a plan for you in the city to step up and say, you know what, we are willing to contribute more? Because right now it seems like there's a stalemate. Most fans just want to know what do they need to do for you to get you guys involved? You know, we are looking for lots of creative ways to help them uh, monetize future payments uh, up front so they can put that towards construction. That's something we're willing to do. Um, Really, we just need them to give us the time and attention so we can demonstrate to them uh, that this can be done without a direct public subsidy. Again, the city will pay for those infrastructure upgrades, the transit upgrades, uh, and we believe that we can work out a development plan that is great for this city in the long term, great for those uh, good folks that live in East Oakland, but also preserves that incredible legacy that belongs to Oakland and gives those fans, that Raider Nation, the tailgating experience that they have come to love. And that, we know, is the winning future for our Oakland Raiders. If it came down to the decision between losing the Raiders for good or putting a measure on the ballot where taxpayers would have to pony up to help contribute for a new stadium, which side would you be on? Keeping the Raiders and using taxpayer money or letting the Raiders leave town? Uh, you know, before I would spend public dollars to put a measure on the ballot, I would do polling to see if that measure had a chance of passing. And I'll be honest with you, there has been polling done. And at this time, I don't think that there is the voter support. Now, things could change. Uh, if polling showed that a measure like that could pass, 
certainly it is a question I would be willing to worth the, uh, ask the voters, but only if that chance existed. Completely understandable. So if the voters are willing to pay for it, you'd be in favor of it. But if the voters are not, then you would not. It's completely understandable and reasonable. What about this scenario? Which, if it came down to losing the Raiders or the A's, funding one of the two stadiums, which one would you rather get behind? You know, the beauty of the approach we're taking now is it is absolutely designed to not pit the two teams against each other. I love both these teams, and we absolutely can keep them both. That is also why I've been working very hard to interest the A's in a site that is not on the Coliseum. Now, while I can say we've made some progress, I don't want to set false expectations. Um, these are early conversations, and frankly, everybody was waiting to see what happened with the Raiders moving to L.A. Um, we are going to be not just back at the table with the Raiders. We are absolutely back at that table with the A's as well. Um, if we can get them to move to a site, and it's no secret that my preference is Howard Terminal. It's right next to the ferry landing in the fabulous Jack London Square. Um, if that could happen, that gives us a lot more flexibility with the Raiders. It gives us a lot more to offer them. But right now, I've got to be fair to both my teams. I can't do something for the Raiders that makes the A's feel like I'm preferring them. I'm really trying to be even-handed with both these teams. I love them both. They both belong in Oakland. They are both such an important part of this city. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff joining Chad, Joe, and Lowe here on 95.7 The Game. Interesting conspiracy theory that's out there that you and Mark Davis were thrilled with yesterday's decision to get the Los Angeles Rams, or I should say the Rams back in Los Angeles, as a negotiating ploy to get the NFL to kick in more for a project here. Another hundred millions on the table. Were you guys thrilled with the outcome? I'm very excited that there is more money from the NFL on the table. That really could make the difference, um, particularly based on the numbers we've been working with. Um, I believe that's going to get us over the goal line. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff with Chad Joan Lowe on 95.7 The Game. Mayor, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on on short notice and having a chance to talk about this new development with uh, the NFL in L.A. And, and it's great to hear that you and the Raiders have more time to discuss options that will keep them here in the Bay Area. I could not be more thrilled. Um, I'm excited, and uh, believe me, I'm going to be working absolutely with every ounce of energy in my body to make this happen. All right, Mayor, thank you so much. Enjoy your week. Thanks, you too. What a freaking politician, man. She's picking all the press up she can, and, uh, well... What can I say? I'm happy they're here, but I wish there was circumstances in which the city and the county and the Raiders could come up with the money to build even a smaller venue, like Amy Trask said, a smaller stadium that would maybe seat 50,000. You know, not taking a, a Super Bowl or not looking for that, but making the best fan experience for the Raider fan. Making a home for the Raiders that the Raiders could own partially anyway and have a large interest in and, and make a profit so Mark can be here, be happy, and the Raider Nation can be here and be happy. That would be my wish for the future. Uh, let's hope that that happens because as of today, uh, everybody's kind of pissed off. I mean, I'm, Mark is and Dean Spanos, they're, the color from both of their faces left on the decision. Mark's speech in front of the, the NFL podium and Dean Spanos' speech in front of the podium were lacklustered, and actually they looked like they were in shock. 
So that's basically it for now. We'll see what happens. But, you know, that's that. It's a done deal. We know what's going to happen for next year, so let's move on to football. Let's start looking for some free agents because that side of this team, the operations side, we're talking about players and contracts and things that have to get done, still has to get done. And the nice thing is we're going to see it start to happen next season right here at home. And I'm loving that. Vote Joe. And congratulations, Khalil the Beast. Mac, 15 sacks on the year, makes the all-pro football choice team, of course, at two positions, first time in frickin' history, both at linebacker and defensive end. He shares this title, of course, with J.J. Watt, only a defensive end. It says a lot about our player, says a lot about Mac. He's a class act as well. He's a beast. He's got a great heart, a great teammate, and he is certainly a great cornerstone to the Raiders' defensive future. Congratulations, Khalil. Great job, bro. Way to bring it for the silver and black. All right, let's get to the summation of the Raiders' situation. That's right. We're going to look at what we have, where we're going, what we might be doing here in the not-too-distant future. Let's take a look. First order of business is to tell you this. They have retained the entire staff of the 2015 Raiders. Yes, Musgrave will be staying. Everyone else will be staying as well. Which, honestly, as much as I bitched about Musgrave play calling, I believe he is probably the guy we need to keep. Think about the boneheads we've had in the past and think about their effect on the Raiders' season, the way the Raiders have played, and all those lovely things, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Let us go back to the flapjack flipping <laughs> offensive coordinator, or we can go to the zone blocking offensive coordinator. There's a myriad of boneheads that have tried to run this Raider offense, but I must say Musgrave seems to have a magic touch when it comes to this particular player group. If we all took an honest look at the Musgrave play calling, we'll see that it was actually pretty good, especially at the beginning of the season. I think that he did a pretty good job of disguising our shortcomings, and which were eventually figured out towards the end of the season, as we could tell with our inept offense. I think it was more of a case of lost linemen on the offensive line, as well as others figuring out what Musgrave was doing to hide our soft spots and the places we could be attacked. I truly believe the offense is potent and effective under Musgrave. You have to give the guy another season. You have to give him at least two. I know I'm stabbing myself in an eye with a pencil, but I have to tell you this, it's the truth. Consistency is huge in this league. We have a core player of offensive talent that we need to continue to mold 
and make this play playbook effective and work. I believe it's very effective. I believe if we have the right pieces, it can be extremely effective. That's what I look for next season. Musgrave is a keeper. And, yes, I know you're throwing your whatever at the phone or the computer or whatever, but it is the truth. So read it and weep. I'm going to read it and smile because I think next season we'll have a much better offense with the new toys that we get from Reggie. Look at Ken Norton. Ken Norton Jr. Uh, at first had trouble finding those players to put in those positions. We all witnessed it at the beginning of the year with the defense having problems stopping the run, stopping the pass. And, you know, we went through all kinds of changes until I would say midseason when Ken Norton started to figure out his players, started to get them in tune to his scheme, and then the defense became a beast. A beast for sure, because it was the highlight of the rest of the season until the very last game. I say the defense was potent, it was brutal, and it was effective. I think with players like Amerson and TJ Carey, the, the defensive backfield increased in talent, and I think Woodson taught these young men how to finish games. I think that is a great future for our team. I think that DJ Hayden, where we relegated off the team, because I think we've seen what he can do. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we keep him because he's probably one of Reggie's guys. Don't get me started. Ken Norton deserves definitely two more years because of his way of attacking, the way of putting players in the best place to be effective on defense. Especially, he learned, he changed, he changed during games, schemes changed, attacks changed. That's the kind of defensive coordinator I like. Let's keep this guy. Let's keep our hands on this guy and not let him go because I think he's got some magic. And Give him a few more pieces, and we're going to see some real brutal Seattle Seahawk-type hitting nasty defenses with attitude. I like it. Ken Norton, you're definitely staying. Mike Tice, kind of an unsung hero. Don't see him much, don't hear from him much. But I think with this offensive line of this last year, he did an amazing job. I think patching together things, we lost Austin Howard. We had injuries left and right. I think he did a fabulous job of making things happen. Now, I know towards the end of the season, he as well tried to hide some problems we had on the offensive line, did his very best. But I think with some more pieces, our O-line and Mike Tice will find the players. Trust me, I have all the faith in him. We are going to have a beast of a running game next season and definitely a passing attack that is going to make people freak out. That's for sure. I believe this coaching staff, now the special teams coach, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give him a pass for this season just because everyone's playing so well together, but our special teams is kind of iffy at best, and I think that we could get improvements in that area as well. I think once he gets better players, we're going to have a better special teams for sure. But saying all that, we have a bunch of decisions to make. I believe the last two seasons we've gotten rid of quite a few players, less last year, and we'll get rid of less players this year. We will add players because the Raiders have, yes, the highest 
by millions cap space of any team in the NFL. We have the money for sure to make things happen. We can pay players that demonstrate the ability to play well, and we can pay players from other teams that don't get the love because their cap space is absent. I look for some great signings of veteran players. Not that I'm into that because we've been burned before. Uh, let me I'll, I'll clarify that here in just a minute. But I expect some great players to come here and play hard for the Oakland Raiders. And let me just say this. Our draft will be great. We have a full slate of picks. We're going to get a good job in there and with our staff, with Reggie. I think we have a real positive chance to make some big-time gains. Free agents. The Raiders are showing big signs of life. They are a team that is feared on every level. Every team plays us hard because they think that we can beat them, and they know we can, like we do. And the Raiders are an up-and-coming team with a great core of young players and talent, and they're definitely going to make a push to the playoffs and the Super Bowl in the next three years, guaranteed. Free agents want to see that. Free agents want to ring. Free agents want to give everything they have to a team that can propult them to the epic regions of football, which is the Super Bowl. This is what they want to do. This is why they go to teams. A big reason why they will take less money is for a team that's on the upswing and has an opportunity to make some noise in the league. This is the first time in over a decade that I can remember that the Raiders are in a position to glean free agents that not only will be reasonable, but will also play their ass off for the Raiders to get an opportunity to go to the show. I can't tell you how positive I feel. More positive now than ever before since I started this crappy podcast. I feel that this team has the best chance in the next three years to take it to the Super Bowl than I've seen in my entire life. I'm telling you, we have the opportunity, we have the staff, we have a nucleus of players. The timing could not be better for a Raiders' success in the next three seasons. That is a fact. I'm going to stand right on it. And to show you how and why I'm so positive, let's just take a look at who we play next season because it is amazing that we have an opportunity to just really kick some ass. I am loving it. Look at who we play here and away. At home. We played Denver, Kansas City, San Diego, which we normally would, but we played the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Buffalo, of which Carolina is the only one that's really doing anything. Uh, Houston had a little blip on the road, but forget it. That's definitely a positive. Now away, we say we play the same knuckleheads, Denver, Kansas City, and San Diego, but then we have Jacksonville, Tennessee, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore, all very winnable games. What I am saying to you, Raider Nation, is if we do moderately well in the draft, moderately well in free agency, I see no reason that this team 
cannot be in the playoffs next season at all. Let me tell you, brother, we got an awful lot to get to. We'll talk about relocation. We're going to talk about some playoff football here. But let's start with what we just saw from the Raiders. And disappointing they weren't able to get to 8-8 eight and eight, uh, with the game in Kansas City. The Chiefs were still playing for playoff positioning, and they were too much for the uh, Raiders in that game. What would you think of the year as a whole? And then let's get to Del Rio, and then we'll get to players. Well, uh, yeah. great. I, I, very similar to Jack Del Rio, I think this year at the end ended up being disappointing, even though the Raiders took so many strides this year. Most importantly, with personnel and the development of Pro Bowl players and young stars like Khalil Mack today and that unbelievable milestone, being the first player to be an all-pro at two positions, Carr with 32 touchdowns, Amari Cooper, who should be the rookie of the year, I believe. So, so many good things happen, but in the second half of the year, especially with home games, not being 500 at home, and the opportunity to get past the first quarter of the season into the halfway point as a team people thought could make a run at the playoffs and then they fell backwards that was a disappointment to Jack Del Rio and what I love about coach Del Rio is he's never happy in those losing press conferences he always makes it clear that he sets his expectations high and as you know from training camp in Napa through the first quarter of the season Jack Del Rio expected this team to be a really good team and compete for the playoffs and and when you're a Raider fan or you work for the Raiders or you're a player on the team it's unacceptable acceptable on all counts not to make the playoffs, let alone to compete for a championship. So that is a disappointment for the Raiders, but I like how some of the players are developing into stars. Right. You can't be lost for more than a decade and then come right back and say, we have the right to a playoff berth. It is a growth. It is a stepping process. And I think they took important steps this year. Next year is officially Let's see you in the postseason time. And then 2017, I think, comes with postseason plus postseason expectations. But we'll worry about that. What do you think of Derek Carr in year two? And why do you think so many fans still have a jury out on him? Yeah, I'm surprised. I think the Raiders are really fortunate to have Carr. He's one of the premier young quarterbacks in all of football. He's a franchise quarterback with 32 touchdowns. I expect that number to grow like Drew Brees and get into the 40s and stay there for the prime of his career. And 13 interceptions, again, a couple of them were really bad the second half of the year. But I am thrilled about the future of Carr. Think of this, Damon. Every team that goes into free agency, and no team has the money that the Raiders have available in free agency. When we talk about it, it's always about who's going to be at the quarterback you're looking for or the pass rusher. The Raiders don't need that. I can't remember a time since the Raiders, even before they went to the Super Bowl, where they go into free agency and they don't need a quarterback, three wide receivers, and in regards to Latavius Murray, I expect more out of them, but they have a thousand yard back, and with Walford, they have a tight end that they don't have to get another tight end. How many teams in football can say that the Raiders are one of the few. Problem is the Raiders have a tremendous amount of holes on the back end of their secondary. They got to upgrade the offensive line again. They need two linebackers. So there's a lot of work to be done, but Carr is the leader of the Raider Nation. He is the future of the silver and black. He is capable of sweeping Phillip Rivers, going into Denver and winning at a very young age. He is a massive asset for Oakland and the Raiders going forward. Easy to see Amari Cooper and how good he was. 
a little disappointing that he hit that rookie wall. I also think he was dealing with a foot injury that never was really, I think the scope of it or the seriousness of it was understood. I think it affected how he played. He needs to become more physical. Guy needs to get stronger in the offseason. There's no doubt his instincts are incredible. I think the least talked about outstanding rookie year, not just on the Raiders, maybe throughout the NFL, Mario Edwards Jr., who unfortunately had a serious neck injury at the end of the season. This guy was right in the middle of unlocking that outstanding month, six-week stretch from Khalil Mack. Yeah, and that's why the Raiders drafted him, and along with Mack, and the way that the Raiders were able to stop the run with Jelly Ellis up front, when everybody was healthy and Alden Smith was playing well and starting to get his legs, the Raider defensive line was the strength of that team. Problem was, what happens is if they don't get a unique pass rush and Mack doesn't go off in multiple games, the back end, even with Woodson with five interceptions going to the Pro Bowl, deservingly so, the Raiders gave up a lot of big plays, and the Raiders have to go after personnel. They, I believe, Damon, they need at least two starting corners, a starting safety, and two or three backups in the secondary who are good enough to play anywhere else. Reggie McKenzie's got the money. Mark Davis puts his foot on the pedal. He never backs off in going out and getting players. But I think the big question moving forward is, with Reggie in the draft, where they got to nail the first two picks again, got to nail it, and then in free agency, it's no longer begging people or asking people to come out for a visit and look at over. There should be a line of players who want to come here because of the Raiders' cap room and some of the players that they have in the coaching staff, and the Raiders can tie up free agency sooner than expected and really rebuild that defense. The one and only JT the Brick here on 95.7 The Game. JT the Brick, always good. I see this team playing in the playoffs again. Let me just say this. Next year, with our record, And who knows where we go from there. But that's why I'm so positive. Our schedule is epic. We have such a great chance to do so much next year. I am pumped, as you should be too. Let's talk to the bone line, because that is where the truth happens around here. That's what I'm talking about. One eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one one eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one. Let's get on it, folks. You also have to check out RaiderNationPodcast.com. Check out the site; it's always popping. All the news is there. All the fans are there. So get on it. No doubt, Randy does a great job there. So who's first in the bone line? I know we want to talk about this Chiefs game, but it really was insignificant when all is said and done. And we have a first-time caller. Raider Kimmy Cam is in the house. What's up, man? This is Raider Kimmy Cam. I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener of the podcast. Um, I just want to say I love my Raiders. No matter where they go, I'm going to be a Raiders fan. When the Raiders first, when I first became a fan, um, the Raiders was in Los Angeles. Uh, I was kind of hoping they was coming to San Antonio. Uh, I'm from Texas, so they could be close to me. But um, whether no matter where they go, I'm going to be a Raiders fan for life, bottom line. And I will admit the Raiders is probably the only thing that I am that I that I can say that I'm loyal to. But I will say this, having said all of that, the Raiders need to be in Oakland. They need to stay in Oakland. Those fans down there support their team more than anybody 
anywhere ever will support that team. If they go to Los Angeles, they will not be sold out every single game and all this kind of stuff, just like it was before. The Raiders belong in Oakland, California, bottom line. I totally relate. Wherever they go, I'm going to go. Um, not quite as much as I, I do now that they're here in Oakland. I wish they would stay, but whatever happens, I just did a big old thing on it. You guys know how I feel. Uh, I hope they stay here, and that's it. <laughs> we just can't be hating on each other. And our next caller, my very good brother, there in Las Vegas, Raider Steve, very emotional fan, love this guy. What's up, Steve? Raider Greg, Raider Steve in Vegas, long time no speak. I haven't called since after the first game of the year, and we know what a nightmare that was. Um, everything that happened afterwards has been uh, a pleasant surprise. The team is uh, it's the best Raider team we've seen in years. I think we you know, got a bright future ahead of us. I love what Jack Del Rio is doing. Uh, regardless of what people think about the old coordinator, I think uh, he's doing a good job too. Uh, Carr is clearly the guy. Got a lot of talent. Uh, we just lost to the fucking Chiefs, and I hate that. Oh, God, I hate that. Uh, Should have won, man, but those injuries to the O-line were getting car killed, and, I, you know, I think the Raiders can win the division next year. I don't see who's going to stop them. The Chiefs suck. Chargers suck. Broncos suck. Um, anyway, uh, we got man, we need one more draft like the last couple we've had. We need some solid uh, free agent pickups, and I think we can take this thing. And I don't see why the Raiders aren't in the playoffs next year. And, uh, Hopefully I can make it out to a game again next year. Uh, if we're even in Oakland, I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, man, as, as always, it's been a pleasure listening to the podcast. Uh, I look forward to listening to more next year. And uh, I'll chime in throughout the year. Anyway, 7-9, uh, and nine, that's not bad. 8-8 eight and eight would have been better, but uh, I'll take it. It's the best we've had in a long time, and, and the Raiders didn't get really blown out this year other than that first game. And they were in every game. And if we'd stopped spotting people, 14 points every week, you know, the last six or seven weeks, uh, we could have done a lot better. Uh, we dropped some early ones uh, that we should have won. You know, I think the team just kind of wore down uh, later as the season went on, and that sucks, man. But uh, it was an awesome year. Uh, love the podcast as always, man. And I'll talk to you soon. I'm out. Well, there you go. That is a great size-up of the Raiders as they sit right now. I totally believe we could be in the playoffs next year as well. I certainly believe that. This year we had some hiccups. I mean, our number one receiver, number 89, Cooper dropped 18 passes this year. 18 passes. Those weren't short, you know, five-yard passes either. Those were substantial yardage we left on the field. So we have some improving everywhere. Our O-line is a big, big problem. We have to fix that immediately, but I think we're going places, bro. So I can't wait to see you. I hope we're playing next year. At the very least, I want to see this team really dominate for a season there at home. I hope so, bro. And our next caller is Ruben from North Carolina. Very cerebral fan. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Ruben from North Carolina calling in. Final game of the year, and we laid a big old egg. Not the way that everybody expected. 
for the team to finish. But I think uh, this year's team, 2015 Oakland Raiders, I think shocked a lot of few teams. 7-9 is a losing record, but I'll, I'll take that over the record we had um, going back three years, going back to 2012. A lot of changes need to be made on the roster, uh, secondary, kicking. Can't believe that Janikowski's been in the league this long, and I can't remember the last time he made an onside kick where we're able to get the ball back on, on special teams. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a change. I don't think it's going to happen, but I won't be surprised if it does come along. Running back, we need running back. We need some more playmakers, maybe another uh, tight end, some, somebody on offense, definitely a running back, though. We need somebody that can carry the rock, a little shifty runner that can run east, west, north, and south, you know, run all over the field. You know, we, we're, we're there. We're almost there. We're almost there. And we got this, the salary cap at $72 million, and uh, I think Richard McKenzie is going to hopefully be able to attract some free agents, regardless what the uh, Raiders uh, Stadium situation is. Uh, I really hope that it doesn't um, deter any free agents from, from coming over. I hope that uh, this season shows that this, we are an up-and-coming team and that, um, you know, if you want to come try to win a Super Bowl, Oakland is the place to be to do that. I hate to see Charles Woodson go out on a losing note, but that's okay. The guy had a stellar career. He's, his heart and mind is not into it no more. He, he can't compete no more. So I'd rather have a guy who knows when to, to hang it up than have a guy who doesn't know how to hang it up. Derek Carr, seems like after the Pittsburgh game, his numbers went down. And um, I'm hoping you know he'll take this time during the offseason and see the areas of improvement that are needed. And... Musgrave, holy shit, what what can I say about Musgrave? This guy is a buffoon. Terrible play calling. Um, no no element of surprise. I don't think Carr was given the free reign of being able to call a audible a line of scrimmage. If he did, it was the wrong one. So you know, another year with, with Musgrave. Do I do I want him go? Do I want Musgrave? Yes. But does he need to stay at least one more year? I, I would say so. Only for the growth of the young quarterback and Derek Carr. He needs he needs some a lot of grooming. Uh, another year with the playbook, another year with these players with Cooper and Crabtree and Clyde Wolford and you know, get ourselves a running back in there. I think we'll be all right on, on offense and get him some protection uh, on the line of scrimmage. Definitely gotta bring back David Emerson. I like I like his play. The guy balled, Reggie needs to pay him. Uh, I think the guy deserved it. Played his ass off after being cut by the Washington Redskins, and he showed that he could he could um, hold his own. So here we are, seven and nine, uh, back to the drawing board. Um, I hope everybody in Kansas City had a good time. Um, I hope everybody had a good time during the season, during the regular season for um, tailgates and stuff, and hanging out at the local bars with their local um, fans in, in their area. Um, I know I did. So um, here's to another year. I hope everybody a good. Uh, I wish everybody a happy new year, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Well, there you go. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, Musgrave is not that bad, bro. 
I think his playbook will get better when we get better players. Definitely running back. I know people talking about Murray, but imagine if we had a guy that was a slasher or a guy that was a finesse runner that was quick. They didn't go down as soon as he got hit. You know, I will give Murray the uh, accolades of not fumbling a ball as much as I thought he would this year. But we need a quicker back that can get out through into the secondary faster. Our whole season would have been different if that was the case. O-line, definitely. Um, We need to definitely strengthen our defense. Free agents will come to Oakland, bro, because we do have an opportunity to go to the playoffs next year. People want to play for winning franchises, and this is one of them. Great take, bro. Well, this young man doesn't say his name right away, but he sure sounds a lot like Autumn Wind, Williams Radar. I hope I'm right. Well, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and Raider Nation, I thought we were going to actually be able to go 8-8 eight and eight today. Facing the Chiefs. I know everybody say the Chiefs got a great defense and all of that, but um, I think we just had a bad offense. Bad offensive line. Derek Carr holding on the ball too long. I think Latavius Murray probably could have did a whole lot better. But it did it then starts with the offensive line. Not able to run the ball. You got these conservative ass plays for short passes all the fucking time. Never throwing long until the end of the damn near the end of the game. What type of shit is that? I mean, okay, yeah, probably one pass to Crabtree earlier in the game, I believe the second quarter. They try to say he dropped the ball. I believe he got the ball, came down with it. He did the toe drag swag, had the ball, and then they're going to say it's not a catch. But besides that, man, we're killing ourselves. We're killing ourselves with the fucking penalties, throwing short passes when we should throw long, handing it off, with no protection from the offensive line. Derek Carr holding on to the ball too damn long. Uh, I'm happy with Emerson getting the pick six. Happy with Carey getting the interception. I wish we let Whitson go out with the bang. Right now, I'm totally fucking pissed off. I'm out, Raider Greg. Peace. Well, the more I heard you, the more I know it's Autumn Wind Williams for sure. I believe so. But don't be pissed, man. That game was just one of those games. It was time for us to bow out. Uh, she should have won. Gave up too much. Offense was weak. Hey, man, it's the way our season ended. So it's a way we can come back next year and fix all these problems. Uh, you know the ones we got. It's going to be much better next year, man. I can tell you, faux show. And our next caller is Raider fan, NC, coming back from the game. What's up, man? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this uh, Raider fan, NC. I'm on the road, coming back from the bar. Coming back from my... uh, my Raider clique, my Raider club in North Carolina. And takeaways from this season, man, we just so close. 
but so far away. And what I mean by that is we got some talented players. We got some key pieces. And the more we have, I'm just looking around, it's like the more we need. I see holes all over the damn place. And I knew we was going to have linebacker issues and we needed some help. I knew that we had some young DBs and we're probably going to need some help. But what I didn't expect, especially with the way the year started off, what I didn't expect was the wide receivers seemed they they can't get open. It seems like they can't get open. And I think it's a couple different things. It's a functionality of the fucking offensive play calling and the other teams they're used to it. I mean, they got the they got the book. They got the they got the damn recipe to beat us and everything because we keep calling the same damn plays. You know, the offense, the offense, the playbook is not is is too simple. And Musgrave needs to fucking tighten that shit up. Simple as that. But we got the draft to look forward to, and. And we got free agency to look forward to, and we just got to plug these damn holes. And I know that we're going to be better next year. And I know that we should make the playoffs next year. Not fucking compete, but make the playoffs next year. With the coaching staff that we have, and they should get better because first year for Ken Norton, Musgrave act like it was his first year, but he was putting together a new offense and trying not to be so damn conservative. And he fell back into the same conservative trap because the one or two plays that he incorporated into his system, everybody caught on to, and he was like, what the hell do I do? He's got to use our talent better. He's got to use Walford better. He's got to use Marcel Reese better. He's got to put our players in the best position to win on Sunday against the opposition. And he didn't do it. Next ten should have been our offense. Our defense started to play better than our offense toward the end of the year, and that's why we got the wins that we got. We shut we shut out. We actually shut out teams. We shut out Denver. We actually shut out a pretty good, couple of good teams for quarters on end. And then what happened? Defense can't hold up no more because the offense going three and out. And we got holes on defense, definitely. But offense didn't help them out. So, in saying all of that, we are so far. We are so close, but so far. And saying all of that, ready, Greg, I'm out. Well, I like your take. I think it's pretty true. I do think Musgrave has more in his playbook that he didn't let out this season. I think next year we'll see. More plays, more imagination. I think we have to. They'll be better players. And, you know, we got to keep this staff, man. We got to keep these young guys under these coaches. That's how people succeed. Let's give it another year. I think we'll do so much better, man. So much better. And our next caller is Nebraska Raider, a continuous and welcome caller for the Raider Nation podcast. He goes to every Kansas City game there in Kansas City. He brings with him a myriad of Raider fans. Like I said, the Midwest Raiders are strong. They come in big. They have a good time. 
What's up, brother? Yo, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Nebraska calling in, man. I'm, I'm, I just got out of the uh, stadium here at uh, Arrowhead, and I mean, it's, uh, well, that was that was kind of a bitch, man. I mean, just completely conservative on offense. I mean, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Up until uh, uh, you know, Chiefs uh, defense let up that touchdown. I mean, that was just uh, absolutely just embarrassing to sit there and you know, fucking watch that. You know, I mean, it was just it, it, it was bad. Plus, I mean, it was it, it wasn't cold, but once the sun went down, I mean, it got cold as hell. Oh my goodness, my toes were freezing, my hands were freezing. Uh, I mean, it was just I was just like, but you know what? I'm gonna stick it out. Took it out until uh, until the uh, clock hit triple zeros, and uh, I, I saw uh, Charles. I saw Charles Woodson walk off the field, and uh, you know, so that that's pretty much why I wanted to stay there and watch, watch the rest of the game for. But I mean, damn, it was cold as hell, and uh, but you know, the whole tailgating experience. I mean, there was a crap ton of Raider fans, man. I mean, you guys been down here, you know how. Raider Nation represents Midwest Raider Nation. I mean, there was there were people from Oregon, Minnesota. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But how many? Uh, I, I did school. What school lady was here? Uh, her actual name is Cat. Didn't know that. Uh, Fire Wolf. He was here, man. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of guys, man. I, it was awesome, just like it always is. And but uh, you know, the, the loss sucks. But hey, man, you know what? I learned something in this loss. Um, I always used to hate Charger fans more than I hated Chiefs fans or Broncos fans. But this game, this game in particular, and maybe because I was cold as heck, and uh, I was just sitting there and we were losing, and, I mean, there wasn't a whole, a whole lot to root for. And them just going, oh, 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 oh. you've been here, you know how it is. I mean, it was just freaking ridiculous. It's so Fucking annoying. There you go. I dropped that bomb. It's fucking annoying. Oh, that's another Chiefs. First down, and they do the fucking hand chop crap. I mean, it's just so fucking annoying. I, I think even if I was a Chiefs fan, I would be annoyed. Uh, who knows? But anyway, I'm, I'm going on a rant, man. It's just, uh, I'm pissed that we lost, and, you know, it's just, they're one and done in the playoffs. You already know. And uh, uh, hopefully Denver is one and done as well. So, anywho. Uh, Raider Nation for life, man, and uh, you know it, it, it was good to see Charles Woodson in his last home game, man, or his last game, I should say. It was a good sight, good people, fun, and um, all right, guys, I'm out. Talk to you later. Go Raiders. Well, see, that is a great take on what is happening there in Kansas City. The Raider fan comes in huge, and I do know that. Randy and I have seen it, and we have filmed it personally. Guys got great fans, and I felt shitty that the, the the team played so shitty for you guys there because I know I could hear the Raider Nation in the crowd like I always can at Kansas City. And the fact that they did that uh, uh, just makes me sick too. I can't stand. Their, their fan base is cooler than the San Diego fan base. But nonetheless, that shit's got to stop. It's going to stop next year. I'm going to tell you, 
the Raiders come to play Kansas City next season, you better go to that game, bro, because you'll be looking at everybody flipping them the wild bird and dropping the F-bombs like nobody's business. I can't wait. You shouldn't either. Start telling your friends right now that their shit is weak and it's done this year. And next, a very cool cat. The caller from Scranton, PA, you know him as Rada Chris, is in the house. What's up, bro? Raider Nation, Raider Randy, Raider Greg. It's Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. Um, just some quick notes. Um, what a terrible way to uh, use the clock on our last possession there. We're all over the place on that one. I was not happy at all. But uh, then again, what a way to end the season on this rocky season. But uh, just want to say uh, thank you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, for the hard work you did again this year, as you do every year. Um, me, along with all the other Raider fans, do highly appreciate it. You guys do hard work, and it should not go unnoticed. You guys do a fabulous job, so thank you. And I will end this call on saying thank you to one of the greatest, not only to ever wear a Raider uniform, but to wear a NFL uniform, number 24. I'm talking about Mr. Charles Woodson. Uh, ending it where he began. You know, his first go-around with us, he did, of course, a fabulous job. Goes to Green Bay, well-deserved Super Bowl win. Definitely deserved it. Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. And then he come home and ends it with us. He could he had his choice of going anywhere he wanted to go. He could have picked Denver, could have been New England, could have been Miami, you know, but he chose to come home. So it just shows his true colors. It shows how classy the guy is on and off the field. Uh, and he's definitely one of the greatest I've ever seen play the game. So, Mr. Charles Woodson, thank you very much for everything. It's been a pleasure watching your hard work. And uh, Raider Nation, I'll see you guys at the draft. I'm out like that fat girl in Bodgeball. Thank you, guys. A consummate professional, a true pro bowler, a true Hall of Famer without a doubt. Woodson, the man, yeah, he could have gone to any other team, and he'll say it. He said it before, he said it publicly, he said it privately. It was his visit to Oakland. It was that very visit to see if he wanted to come back to this team when the fan base came in huge. All those fans who traveled from all over the Bay Area to go to Oakland and scream Woodson and give him the love, the Raider Nation love, that, my friend, is what made him pick Oakland. His heart said exactly what it had to say, and the man ended his career where Al Davis drafted him the very first time he played football. Now, this is an epic turn, and I think that he is right. And when he said that we have good things to come in the future, you know, I wish him the very best. And, yes, yeah, very emotional to see him leave the field for the last time. But thank goodness he was in silver and black where his heart surely was. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is a first-time caller. Raider Trey is in the house. You got it, bro. What's up? Hey, 
Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Southern Raider Trey. I'll, uh, I'll make this one short. Uh, first time caller. I'm uh, calling to uh, defend uh, the money man has spoken. I feel I feel like he, it's a it's a gimmick that uh, that he's doing about uh, his lack of love for Derek Carr and putting in uh, Terrell Pryor. So um, I kind of wouldn't take it too serious. I I kind of enjoy it. I because of how ridiculous it sounds, it makes me laugh more than it gets me angry. Um, you know, I I. I get a little um, annoyed by Carr's picks at times, but I know he's the future, and he's doing a really good job this season. He, he once again, threw a crucial pick, though, against the, the Chiefs today, but uh, I'm not going to hold that against him. I'm just hoping next season we'll, we'll have something that'll be much better. But, uh, but, yeah, um, that's what I was going for. But, uh, yeah, thanks. Talk to you later. Look, man, you've heard me. I mean, I'm a, I'm not a car apologist, and I'm not hanging on his nutsack. When he makes a bad play, he makes a bad play. And he's made a lot of bad plays at the stretch of the season that could be for a lot of reasons, man. One of them, I think, is our offensive line. The next thing, I think, is our our play calling and the ability for us to make these plays is is has been tough because defenses have figured us out. We'll see next season. I hope he gets even better than he did this year. He's pretty good this year. The rest of the team has to rally, and we have to play as a total team our best football together. Not just defense good one game and offense good one game. You know how it is, bro. But that's funny about money, man. I love the guy, too, man. He's got an opinion. He's a Raider fan, so he is always welcome here, bro. Well, our next caller is the unknown Raider. Because he doesn't say his name, doesn't say where he's from, but he's a pretty good take. That's why I'm putting it on. What's up, bro? Well, Raider Nation, that's that's the season. A lot of ups. A lot of downs. Um, finishing seven and nine, I think that's a very respectable record. I think they also uh, exceeded some expectations. Um, good first season for Jack Del Rio. You can tell he's really changed the mental mindset of this team. Uh, they didn't give up in a single game, even in this last one. And um, really excited, looking forward to what happens with this team. Uh, One quick thing about um, the offense struggling down the stretch is kind of worrisome. I I really hope – I don't think there's going to be any change. I know a lot of people are going to, you know, really want Bill Musgrave out and, you know, but he he did a great job for the first, like, I don't know, nine weeks maybe of the season, eight weeks. Uh, Really after the Chargers game, it it seemed like – they started to figure him out. I don't know if it was the Chargers or the Jets game. You know, once they have, you know, six or seven game tapes of what you're doing on offense, defenses start to adjust. They realize what you're doing. Um, he got very predictable down the stretch. I think anybody would notice that. It seemed like always on first down it was a pass. And it seemed like on second down there was always a run. 
He, he did that wrong all year. I always feel like you should run on first down and then pass on second down or run again based on how first down went. And then always it seems like in every series there's a wide receiver screen coming. So, you know, defenses started shutting that down. That really lost all of its success after the Chargers game. We really couldn't get the wide receiver screens going anymore. So I, I think he's going to be back and he'll have another year for sure. But, you know, don't don't sleep on Jack Del Rio not wanting to make a change. He's not going to settle for mediocrity. He's fired this guy once before. So, But I'm really excited to see how this team goes next year. If we just need a secondary. I think if we get a secondary that can make the quarterback hold on to the ball more than, you know, a second, have them look past their first read, then I think our, our whole defense changes. And I think, you know, you add another complimentary running back, we might have to start looking at some uh, other tackles. I really saw Donald Penn fading down the stretch. Um, even yesterday I saw D. Ford go right – or no, Derek Johnson, I believe, went right by him. And he kind of, like, threw his hands up in there, like, ah, oh, fuck. And then he missed Derek Carr on the sack, so he had to come back around and pop him as Derek was trying to elude the pressure. But I, I feel like I saw a lot of that in the second half of the year. I don't know if he's getting injured. You know, those big guys, it's hard to play a full 16-game season. So address the line in some situations, address the secondary, of course, add a couple linebackers, add another change of pace back. I think this team's set for the future. I think next year we could easily be a 10-win season. Um, you know, love the podcast, man. Keep it up. Really enjoy this. Uh, hope you hope you have a tw- good 2016. Look forward to the next episodes. This gentleman laid it out very nicely for us. I do like that. I think exactly what he said about them figuring out Carr, like I said, uh, later down the stretch. I don't believe he had the flexibility in the plays. I just don't think we did enough tight end stuff because we didn't see very much in the middle of the field where there was a lot of open space. They definitely have to work on that next year. I do believe we are moving forward and should see great things, bro. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the accolades as well. We appreciate it. Next time, call in. Give us your name, bro. <laughs> And our next caller, you know him as Raider Red. What's up, man? Raider Nation, Raider Red. Last game of the year. My road warrior trips are done for the year. I am back from Kansas City. I'm not going to tell you I'm happy with the game because I'd love to win. But it was uh, a lot of black at the game. And that makes a man feel good, makes a woman feel good, makes anybody in the Raider Nation feel good. Okay? Seven and nine. So that's the record. Got to see Charles Woodson play his last game, more than likely, in the NFL, um, where he started and he ended the year. Thank you, Charles Woodson. Appreciate that. Nonetheless, man, 15 freaking years since we've been significant. 15 years, okay? And to see all the black at that game, at the Cleveland game, at the uh, Nashville game, at the Detroit game, all the away games I went to is is a good thing. Uh, year one, Jack Del Rio, 
you know, uh, if it wasn't for a, a pretty, uh, pretty good truckload of uh, mistakes made by everybody, offense, defense, um, you know, that seven and nine would easily be a ten and six, easily, very easily. We'll think about that, or, or even an eleven and five. We're looking up, you know. Uh, you know, the Raider Nation is back. They're coming back, and, and that's all I got to say about that. Uh, I ain't got no more to say. Man, uh, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, appreciate you guys putting this out there. Because, like I say, I'm in freaking Southern Illinois, and I don't hear shit about nothing but the fucking Rams and the fucking Bears. I don't give a shit about either one of them damn teams. So. uh I appreciate it, and uh, man, y'all have a great New Year starting out today, and uh, shoot, it's going to get exciting, man. Lots of draft picks to get. Number 14 we are in the draft pick, and uh, lots of money to spend, so it's going to be going to be exciting, and we got, what, eight months until we get back into the swing of things, so here we go. Here we go, Raider Nation. Man, it's going to get better every year, and I'm excited, but that's all I got to say for now, uh, so I'm out. First, man, thank you for the props on the show. And second, let me say, I know the nation travels huge. And I say the nation because we're the only nation. They try to use uh, every other team's name in front of nation. They know better. We certainly do know better. We're going to get better. And we're going to start scaring some teams. Next year, look at our schedule, who we play. We should make it to the playoffs. I say for sure. We have the right amount of money, uh, which is all of it, to spend and we have a good, growing team that people will want to play for. I am excited. You should be, too, because next year, you thought there was a lot of black then. You're going to see a whole bunch more uh, next season, bro. Appreciate the call, man. And our next caller is the Kansas City caller. <laughs> this is Raider Dan. We hear from this guy every time the Chiefs step into the silver and black. What is up, my brother? Raider Randy, Raider Greg, this is Raider Dan from KC. Man, it was cold out there. It was cold out there. But, you know, I, if my son wasn't with me, I would have been more mad. You know, at the end of the game, you know, he, Chiefs fans are fucking with us. And he looks at me and says, Dad, we're going to get him next time. And I said, yeah. But now about the game. What the fuck was up with the offense? You know, Bill Musrat, his conservative play calling, I mean, it was it was fucking ridiculous. Five sacks, car. I put three of them on him because where I was sitting at, I could see what he was looking at, and he was hearing footsteps, and they wasn't there. You know, the fucking interception, it was unacceptable because I saw what he was looking at, but if you're going to throw that ball, you throw it to the back of the corner of the end zone. Cooper was open, but you're not playing in college. You're playing in National Football League. People recover really, really fast, so you don't make that fucking throw. You know, 60 minutes of football is what I always ask for my team. I only got it from the defense. The defense is real. We need to lock Amerson up. That 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 dude's got real good ball instincts, you know. Uh, Mac, man, that dude's the real deal. I mean, I, I swear there, I swear there was four of them out there. 
He can tackle. He was everywhere against the run. Oh my god! Once once I got really get to see him up close, man, that dude, that dude's a beast. See Wood, man, seven tackles, man. He, he left it out on the field. Yeah, you know, but back to that offense again. They need a running back. The play calling taking Roy Lou out the game. I didn't understand that because the Chiefs didn't give a damn if, if, if Murray caught the fucking ball out of the backfield. He wasn't going nowhere anyway. He's too fucking slow. But with them saying all that, 79, I can go with that. 6 and 10, 79. We could have been 8 and 8. We didn't make it. Make a good draft. I think we need to make a free agent run other than Alden Smith and um, maybe Mario Williams. I don't know. But uh, we need another D lineman down there. You know, uh, Demetri Archer is going to show up all the time. You know, we, we need to start being Heaney, let him get out there and play. But when saying all that, Happy New Year to Raider Nation. And uh, we'll bring it home next time. I'm out. We know about the Chiefs fans, and, you know, the nice thing about that is uh, for the next probably five seasons, you'll be able to sit there and just look at them and watch the seats empty and see the two or three that stay there after the Raiders start to kick their ass. They know it's coming. You should have told them it's coming. I would be perfectly honest and look at them and say, oh, you know it's coming. You can talk all you want about today, but tomorrow you're going to be singing the blues for a long time. So live it up now, Kansas City, because uh, next season your shit is weak, and we're going to step right in it and leave it right there. That's what I would always say to the Kansas City Chiefs fans because they ain't going nowhere, bro. Uh, on that note, your son was a wise man. It's cool you bring your kid to a game. Let him see how the Raider Nation rolls. That's always a very special, and especially there in hostile territory, brother. Thanks for the calls through the season. We appreciate it. Well, you know he was going to call. I certainly do. I love this guy. Uh, you Sometimes you hate this guy, but you got to love this guy because he is solid Raider Nation. I'm talking about him. Yes, Money Man has spoken. Raider. Yeah, this is Money Man has spoken.
it was done for the rest of the year. It was total. Although a lot of us didn't want to see it, we still tried to salvage it. Thought it could be better, but you no. Know, once you wreck, you know, it never runs the same. And it did not. The offense was pretty much as the entire second half of the year, if you really think about it. We never saw any explosive plays like we did in that three-game stretch earlier. We never saw any of that. The defense stepped up big time. It did do that. The defense really won the remaining, you know, remaining games that we did win the last three to finish out at seven nine. The defense was the, the, the carried us. No, that's the fact that they carried us. Kevin in game when Carl was throwing for a hundred and some yards. And, People thought we couldn't never win a game if Carr threw for a hundred and some yards, but that's exactly what happened. And now we're going into this off season blaming everybody except you no know, the you no know, the the head the head guy, basically the leader of this team, the so called franchise. He never gets any blame for some reason, but you know, that it is what it is. And I'm the one that looks foolish. <laughs> You know what I mean by that. But, um, you know, hey, 7-9, we lose us again. We had an opportunity to be 8-8. Eight and eight. It would have been nice being 8-8, eight and eight, in my opinion. A lot better than 7-9. You know, we still wouldn't have been in the playoffs. And, you know, that would have been disappointing still. But, hey, you could at least say you couldn't, you wouldn't lose us. You could say that. But, yes, that's what we are. Of course, I'm going to say, well, it's better than being 3-13 and 13 or 4-12. and 12. I don't give a fuck about none of that. I mean, you lost. You lose still. And like I said, until you get that elephant in the room out of it, then it'll remain that way. Oh, it's just, just so demoralizing. I had promise for this season. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they might address something. Hope they don't try to blame Musgrave and run him out like they did Olsen. So they, what they really need to do is open up the quarterback competition. They'll probably never do that, but that's what they need to do. Open it up and best quarterback wins. And I believe in competition. Just open it up. You open up every other position. Why you can't open that one up? That's bullshit. You just don't anoint players. But that's what they like to do around here. Anoint players and over there to kind of no, fuck that. Open it up. Best quarterback wins. Simple as that. And saying that, Raider Nation, Raider Greg, I'm out. Well, there you go. I, I agree with you that Carr had some serious shortcomings later in the season, but we also lost two linemen. I don't think Donald Penn, as was stated before in this, is really playing to uh, to his best. I think that he's letting people through. I think our offensive line needs a lot of help. We certainly need more of a scat back than Murray. Murray's a slow, churning guy. You can keep him for maybe, I don't know what we're going to keep him for, but we need a better running back and a better offensive line just to start it off. Uh, Carr didn't have an opportunity to throw, and, you know, he got 18 drop passes by Cooper, man. 18 drop passes. That's just one guy. I know Crabtree dropped some. I know everybody dropped some. You, you reduce those drops to maybe 25%. And we're in the playoffs. It doesn't take just one guy. It takes a whole team. I understand that Carr has had some issues towards us down the stretch. Hopefully he learned. Maybe it's a great learning experience, but I think next season we will start kicking people's ass.
And you, along with everybody else on this show, will be happy that Carr is slinging the rock, bro. And our next caller is my very good brother, the Canton Raider, right there by the Hall of Fame, folks. What's going on, man? Hey, Raider Nation. This is Canton Raider calling from Canton, Ohio. Uh, not going to lie, this season kind of ended on a, with a bitter taste in my mouth. Offense seemed to be flying high until week nine against Pittsburgh, then really ever since then. Kind of flatline, a little concerning. Uh, I'm a huge car fan. You know this. Everybody knows that about me. But the excuses for car is over now. Where he's going into his third season, going to be the second year under the system. The excuses are up. It's time to put up or shut up time for Derek Carr. And I think he'll put up. Looking forward to the season. It's going to be a long off season. Sucks to have it in with such a bitter, nasty taste in my mouth with all the positives that happened this season. But uh just want to say thanks for what you guys done all season long. Raider Greg kind of reached out to you on Facebook. Just want to publicly thank you guys for all of you done. It means a lot to some people. Hope next season brings better with 7-9, which I think it will. Interested to see what happens this off season. I'll get at you later. See ya. Yeah, it can be sour. It was sour the last, you know, last three or four games. I had a hard time watching them. They were painful to watch, bro. You know as well as I do. It was hard to see this team struggle down the stretch when we thought we had really some momentum earlier in the year. So knowing that and seeing how it ended, I think we have a much better chance next season. I think I have a better chance to do a lot more with what we have. Uh, we got to shit can some guys and add more players. We got a lot in the offseason going on, man. We're going to be busy mofos <laughs> this offseason because there's going to be a lot going on, man. So get ready because uh, the Raiders are going to make some big moves. They got big money and they have big needs. I think we're going to see a lot of big names come to Oakland. Appreciate the call and support, bro. And our next caller, Raider Rick from Utah. What's up, bro? Hi, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is uh, Raider Rick coming to you from Utah. Just wanted to give my uh, thoughts on the game. Sad game. I think that's the most that I've seen Carr get sacked in a long, long time. It definitely tells you the, what we need to work on in the offseason. Build the offensive and defensive lines up. We need to get our some corners and safeties. Uh, need to get another running back. There's some things we need to work on. Overall, with the season, 7-9, and nine, we more than doubled our win total. I know Money Men Raiders is probably going to enjoy that car throwing interception so he can bash running, but I'm, I'm telling you, as a, as a player that has played for, for, you know, four years in high school, I played a little bit of college, coached, officiated. I've been, been through and seen a lot of football. This Derek Carr is the one that's going to lead us to the promised land. We have the pieces in place. Carr, Cooper, Crabtree, our tight ends on offense. We just need another running back to supplement Murray, build up our offensive line. Defense, hey, you know, 
Um, you can never have too many pass rushers to get some more alignment. I think our running our linebackers are stacked, and then if we can get one or two good corners and our safeties and free agency, draft those, develop them, we can do good. And the last thing I want to talk about is Bill Musgrave. Uh, people have been wanting his head the last four games for the play calls he's been doing. I'd say I kind of agree, but I don't think it's time to fire him yet. If anything, maybe demote him from play calling duties and give it to Mike Tice or to Dowling, the quarterback's coach or something, and still keep him as the offensive coordinator. But anyway, that's just a thought. I don't want to take too much time. I hope I'm not calling too late. It's a Monday, but uh, I want, wanted to thank you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, for the opportunity to do the podcast. I'm looking forward to future podcasts when we talk about free agency and the draft and the Raiders next year. For Raider Nation, I will say this. This time next year, we will be in the playoffs. And with the schedule that came out, I'm looking at probably a 10-4 and four season and winning, hopefully winning the division. Um, we'll probably split it with split one and one with KC. I think we beat Denver twice. I think we beat San Diego twice. But anyway, that's all I have, Raider Nation. Keep our heads up. We're right where we need to be. I know as for a long time, Raider, Raider Nation, we wanted success quick. But with success and with these good teams, you've got to go step by step. We're at the bottom of the mountain. We're just making our descent upward. We're right where we need to be. So one step at a time, we'll make it there. Okay, Raider Nation, I'm out. That's a nice take and a nice way to end the take, by the way. I think we had a bright future, too. And you look at who we're going to play next season. Ten, shit, we probably have 11 or 12 wins if we get the players we need and keep the coaching staff solid as we have it. Uh, next season, I look for some great things out of this team. And with our schedule, I see playoffs this time of year as well, bro. Nice take, man. And our next caller, the Pennsylvania Raider. What's up, bro? What's up, Nation? This is Pennsylvania Raider. Uh, just getting the news in now. It looks like uh, the Oakland Raiders will be staying in Oakland. That's good, man. You know, I mean, I'm here on the East Coast. I really don't have a horse in this race. Los Angeles, Oakland, all the way on the other side of the country, but... You know what? I'm I'm really glad that they stayed in Oakland. It just uh, it just wouldn't have been the same if they went to Los Angeles. You know, seeing all those diehard fans there. You know, watching the uh, video cast that you do, Raider Greg, out in the parking lot, the Bad Boys of Barbecue. It just wouldn't be the same. It'd still be the Raiders, but it just wouldn't be the same. So, I'm very very happy that uh, that they're staying in Oakland. You know. So, uh, yeah, man, looks like the Raiders are there for a long, long, long time. So, with that being said, go Raiders, and uh, we will see you next season in Oakland. Peace out. Well, I would love to say that they were going to be there for a long, long time. I, I venture to say that's not true. Matter of fact, Portland, Oregon, uh, San Antonio is still open. There's a couple of places they could definitely go to that aren't Oakland. Matter of fact, they could stay in the Bay Area. They could play at Stanford. They could play at Cal. Uh, they don't have to play at the Coliseum. So it will be interesting to see what he does. Uh, the NFL owners really gave us the screwing here. 
with this hundred million dollar pittance. Um, that's three million, three point three million per each uh, team to contribute. That's pocket change. I appreciate the call, man, but uh, we're not in Oakland and certainly not guaranteed even next year. And our next caller is Kansas Raider. I love his passion, but like once again, it might be misplaced a little early here. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Kansas Raider coming at you. Hey, well, just found out that the Raiders are not moving to L.A. Repeat, the Raiders are not moving to L.A. Um, I'm kind of mixed feelings about it. Um, part of me wanted them in L.A., part of me wanted them to stay in Oakland. The reason why I wanted them to move to L.A., marketing, 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 marketing. We can make a lot of money, which means more money. More players want to come and play for us. Um, but I really love Oakland, man. Oakland is our mecca. Oakland is Raider Nation. And I, I, I'm a Raider no matter where I go. I've always said that. But, man, there's something about Oakland that every Raider knows that just bubbly feeling, man, when you – when you go into the when you go in the Coliseum, but nevertheless, wherever they go, I'm a Raider fan until I die. Don't ask questions why. Just know that it is what it is. Oakland is the mecca. It is the mecca for me and many other Raider fans. But it's not for Al, for excuse me for Mark Davis. It's not his mecca. Matter of fact, he sounds kind of sick that he has to stay here. I'm not digging the ownership issue right here. Mark's looking like a real uh, turncoat uh, when it comes to this. I know he put millions of dollars into the LH project already. So he's very pissed, uh, but maybe he should have focused more here than there. And our next caller, my very good brother, season ticket holder, by the way, Houston Raiders Steve. He's in the house. Matter of fact, he went to the meetings there in Houston. Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. Hey, I was over there at the uh, NFL owners meetings. My friend Oscar uh, Sanchez, president of the Houston Raider Nation, was there, and the Space City Raider Nation was there, and Grizz Jones was there, and Dr. Death Ray was there. I drove up, honked my horn. They're all waving. They've been out there since about 9 o'clock in the morning. I got there about... 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, the national media was there interviewing them, the local media, Fox, you name it, they're all out there. And all of a sudden, I see this uh, football player walk up. Being a Houston fan, um, because of the Texans when they first started out, and this guy named Seth Payne, he's with 610 AM Radio he, here in Houston. He also does stuff on the CBS affiliate on their sports shows. His name is Seth Payne, drafted by Jacksonville, traded with the, uh, when Houston got the expansion picks with Tony Baselli and another player. Anyway, he walks up. First thing I noticed is I'd seen him on TV. I said, hey, Seth Payne, we're really glad you came down to interview us and everything uh, down here at the owners' meetings. He looked up, totally surprised that I recognized him. He was expecting, you know, people from California, which actually, of course, Grizz and Dr. Death Ray were. And then he interviewed us and everything. He was a really cool guy spent time talking to us, 
He says, you know what? He said, I had other questions I wanted to ask you guys, but you guys are loyal, hardcore fans. I just can't ask you these questions because it's going to be insulting and, and kind of cheesy, kind of schmaltzy. So I, and then he just uh, was asking, you know, all of us different questions and stuff uh, out there for about, I'd say about 10 or 15 minutes. This is Mad Radio with Mike Melser and original Texans D lineman Seth Payne on Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. So the NFL is moving to uh, Los Angeles. Specifically, the St. Louis Rams are moving to uh, Los Angeles. What do we think? How bad do we feel for the uh, people of uh, St. Louis? Let me tell you this, Mike. I went out to the Westin in yes. Memorial City yesterday. You did? Thinking like, yeah, this will be funny. I see these protesters out here. I'm going to go ask them some wacky questions. I got about 15 seconds into talking to these guys, and there was like, I can't, I can't make fun of these guys or ask them any <laughs> questions. Like, I feel awful for them. They All right, what, what kind of fans? We're gonna play the audio later today. The, uh, the, let's play. We can play one of them right now. Let's just play. This is just me, okay, chatting with uh, the Raiders fans. I ended up talking to the Raiders fans the most out there, and it's uh, unedited for the most part. This is just <laughs> a little conversation we had. Uh, how long have you been on here? It's eight o'clock this morning. Are you originally from Houston or? One race, Texas. Where are you going to the bathroom? Are they letting you use the bathroom in the Westin? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They're not <laughs> have problem with us going in and out. No, they're not. Have you, have you shouted in any? Do you, have you seen people walk in that look like they might be owners, but you're not sure, so you just yell at them? Yes, stay in Oakland. So we keep yelling, stay in Oakland. We yell out here so they can hear us up there. Are they acknowledging you? No. Well, that is messed up. Dude, that, that's part that, that part actually kind of pissed me off. Yeah, that last part, yeah. Like, didn't even like, like, has any of them even walked out here to have a conversation or anything? Like, nope, just eyes straight ahead, walked right in. Like, that part of it, that right there was when I first got out there. And it, there was something about the image in my mind of guys in suits getting out of limos and walking in without acknowledging the fans. Like, some of those guys had flown in from California to protest. Like, that that part pissed me off. And then, the, and then immediately you're thinking, like, why... Why do they choose a city which had its team ripped out of its hands so long ago? Like, so there's people, like, there are people here in Houston that had to go through this same thing. Yep. So I'm out there and I'm talking to Rams fans. I'm talking to, uh, there was one kid from the Chargers I didn't get to. I was talking to the Raiders guys. And, like, for, I'll tell you, the first thing is, none of them were whack jobs. They were just huge, hardcore fans. Yeah. They really wanted, even the guy with the shoulder pad spiky thing. Oh, that guy was there? That guy was like, he wow. Me, I think I have any, uh, we'll have to play that audio tomorrow. He had the most well thought out responses of all of them. Okay. And and that was, what do you mean that guy? I think it was like, that's 2,000 of that. probably is, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just, I felt bad for him and I realized like, oh man, this is what, this is what it was like in Houston. 20 years ago. 15, 20 years ago. That they had to, they had to go through all this and they had to beg. That, and that's a part of it. Like, the, that you have to get on your knees and beg to these billionaires not to take your team away from you. And there's nothing the fan can well, do about it because they don't There's have, nothing. They're not, yeah. They're not privy to all the high, the, the high end negotiations that are going on. This is the bottom line, Seth. The owners, all of them, all of the owners in the NFL, they care more about money than they care about you. Yeah. Which that, is, that, that's, that's all, that, that, that's it. Yeah. That's it. We have to, like, we, being a sports fan is a, is a inherently irrational thing. Unless you cheer for, like, Alabama or the Patriots or maybe, like, the Steelers, it's basically more misery than it's worth, and you do it for the fleeting moments, like the moments when it's just joyful. But what these guys care about, what the owners care about, is the money. That is what they care about, and there is nothing, there is nothing that you and I or anybody can do about right. it. Right. The fact that you are cheering for 32 businesses. Yep, that, it's a business. That, that at the end of the day, it's a business. Yep.
It is so, a business. So I ended up, So that's how it was. I went out. I was going to ask them if they felt a kinship with the Syrian refugees. I was going to ask them if they, I had all these questions. And like, I, and I couldn't do it because I felt awful. Like, I felt immediately guilty. And plus, one of them, one of the guys from Houston recognized me immediately. Oh, really? So he came up and was like, oh, thanks for coming out and everything. Like, I was, uh, like I was helping them on their plight. Oh, and my like, oh, goodness. I I'm, you know what I am? I'm a freaking schmaltzy, cliche radio No, act. No, you're it's not. Like, uh, I'm going to come out here and get some kooky audio. We got perspective from that Well, no, guy. no, I feel good. No, yeah. then I changed what I was going to do. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to turn my recorder I'm going to be a journalist. I'm just going to have a conversation. I'm not Sean Pack. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I, like, I just want to have a conversation with these guys and keep the microphone on and run yeah. and, and hold it up so they didn't think I was surreptitiously recording it. I like it. Yeah. I think you did an excellent job. I honestly, I, I would have come, but I had something I needed to get done yesterday. That's all right. Like, it was I, interesting. It was very, I'm, I'm glad I went just to have that to have that conversation with those guys and I think I I understand and I get it a little bit more what people in Houston probably went through when the Oilers left. It's, it's just horrible. a miserable situation. Told them I was from Houston. I uh, told them I was a, a big fan, season ticket holder, go to two games. Anyway, and he had a long interview with uh with everybody, especially uh Grizz and uh Especially Dr. Death Ray, so that's that's what's the setup. It was really amazing. We saw Jerry Jones out there later on and got his attention. We told him, uh, "Hey, thanks for helping out Al." And uh, he said, "You know what? I was the only owner at Al's funeral." And also, uh, this one Chiefs fan, we were in the bar and everything. There was about ten or fifteen of us Raider fans. There was only two Rams fans there and one Charger fan. And uh, Rams. Uh, truck went by and, and it said keep the Rams in St. Louis as soon as this guy from St. Louis found out that the uh, Rams were going to uh, going to Los Angeles he took off all of his Ram stuff his hat and his jersey and everything else and just threw it just walked away shirtless he was pissed he says man I'm so pissed off I don't want anything to do with the Rams anymore so um, anyway so we're in the bar and uh, this guy from the Chiefs says hey you know what uh Mr. Uh, Clark Hunt, owner, voted to keep you guys in uh, Oakland. So Clark w- happens to walk right by us. I, I recognize him right off the bat. And I said, Mr. Hunt, I want to thank you very much uh, from the Raiders for helping us out today. God bless. So that's what happened. Go Raiders. We're back in Oakland. We're back, baby. Jerry Jones fucked Mark Davis, man. So did Hunt. They all fucked Mark Davis, matter of fact. Uh, you know what? I don't mean by moving. Like, I'm not all excited that, that they're not moving to LA. LA. I am excited that they're not moving there. But they're moving somewhere. And how they got screwed is by the pittance of $100 million to help them do what? Re- repave the parking lot? You know, stadiums are a billion dollars. Even a... Even a small one's going to be $800 million, $700 million. NFL ain't helping Spanos or Mark Davis do crap. I wouldn't tell Jerry. I'd tell Jerry Jones to kiss my ass. As all, and I would Lamar Hunt, too, because they were both professed to be Al Davis, you know, friends. And they're shitting on his son. That's bullshit. Fuck both those guys. And our next caller is the optimist, Autumn Wynn Williams. He's been telling me forever they're not moving. I've been telling him they're gonna move. Well, guess what? He was right. 
Uh, at least for now. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the Raider Nation? This is Otto Wynn Williams, a.k.a. the number one city fan. I'm glad all this stadium shit is out the way, and we are going to stay in Oakland. Oakland Raiders. Ha <laughs> I told you so. Anyway, it went as I planned it would go. You know, we got kicked out of L.A. for even trying to step into L.A. <laughs> and looks like the Rams, maybe the Chargers are going to share in Inglewood. That's good for everybody in L.A. to me because it's a win-win. They get football out there. Um, they even get to see the Raiders play in L.A. possibly twice in, in one year, uh, you know, in the future versus the Rams and also the Chargers that they always meet. Um, so to me, that's that's good good idea right there. Uh, I was disappointed at Mark Davis for not trying to seek a Fortune 500 investor and had to get money from the NFL, but it is what it is, whatever it takes to build another stadium in Oakland. I'm down with that. Anyway, um, everybody out in L.A., as I said, I don't hate you. Um, whoever makes you think I hate you, I don't. The only ones I dislike is the ones that have been disrespecting me or my city. Uh, if you haven't been disrespecting me or my city, then I ain't got no problem with you coming to Oakland to kick back and watch a uh, Raider football game in a black hole with me. Um, with that being said, I'm just looking forward to the free agency, the draft, and that's the just win, baby. I'm out. Stay in Oakland. Oakland Raiders. Yeah, well, you know, maybe they'll stay at the Coliseum next year. There's no guarantee. I think so. I think pretty sure. But after that, you just don't know, man. It's up in the air still, which is bullshit. Uh, the sides still aren't talking. Um, and I do agree with you. We need to look past this week. I don't care what happens. But uh, we got to look at the draft, free agency. We got those things to look forward to. I'm glad Del Rio and family can stay here for at least one more year. Uh, we'll see where they go. But uh, don't feel too comfortable, bro, because it's not something that uh, is etched in stone here. And Mark is certainly not stuck to Oakland. He can go wherever he wants. His dad did. And our next caller, my very good brother from the great Northwest. That's Raider Mystic. Tick, 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 tick. To all you guys out there. Great club. They got a great booster club there, man. That guy represents big time. I'm very proud of their club. Uh, it's one of the few that really puts it down hard for the citizens and the community. What's up, man? Yo, what's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation podcast? It's Raider Mystic. Straight out of Bend, Oregon, Raider Nation. Yeah, it's, uh, what is it, Monday night, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, and uh, the NFL just said that uh, the Rams are officially Los Angeles Rams, but so that's all good, you know. Raiders looks like they're staying where we are for at least a year, which is cool. 
you know, but still, I didn't like the, the gray area that it left in the whole deal. So what? So so you got Chargers jump up on the podium after Roger Goodell makes his little statement. And then the, and the Chargers read like a brief little like two-sentence note addressing the media. Or the guy doesn't even look at the camera. And then Mark Davis jumps up on the podium and says, uh, you know, we didn't win. Sorry, Raider Nation. We'll find a home. I mean, come on. Got a fucking home. Just take it. Just make it a home. It's your fucking home. And uh, didn't like that response at all. That kind of left a sour fucking feeling in, in my gut. But anyways, it does for sure mean at least another year, right? I believe so. But And then the, the Chargers having the ability, they got, what, some kind of one-year option where, okay, now they get to, So they're next on the list. They can figure out if they want to be in the nice new state-of-the-art stadium or work out some amazing deal with San Diego. And so then if they work out some amazing deal with San Diego where San Diego pulls their fucking asses out of the sand and does something cool for their team, then then it puts us back right back on that table again where we have the right to exercise if we want to go to Los Angeles. And it just leaves all that shit right up in that gray area again. I don't like the way that that, that – that's all coming out, but, you know, at the minimum, you know, I think we can call Oakland our home at least for another year, right? So I'm very happy about that. I, we need, but but no, the stability on that, just I don't like that gray area. It's, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right, you know, I wish we could just say, but I know, I know that uh, all the shit's going to work out going to continue to to grind to, to make this happen and see see what what's going on so those are my immediate thoughts from raider mystic up here in bend oregon tuning in all day on what the fuck was going on in the world of rich old nfl politics man some of those guys coming out of that meeting they they had like assistants that had to carry them because they're so old and rich. Anyways, man, go Raiders. I'm here. Here for life. I'm out. I love it. Rich, old, rich NFL politics. That's what it is. It's about the money, brother. One guy had it. The two guys didn't. Mark had, you know, he was had his hands out for a handout, and so did Spanos. They wanted someone to come and build their house for them. Those days are over, man. The days of finance stadiums by private entities or public entities, public entities over. The taxes, all that crap, people aren't voting for it. Nobody is going to build your home, bro. No one's going to build my home. Spanos, Dean Spanos and Mark Davis both severely disappointed because they both put millions into this project. They didn't just draw up a piece of paper. They put millions, invested hour, thousands of hours, millions of dollars for Carson, and then they got shit on. That's why they were pissed. But, man, Mark has always wanted to move to L.A. 
uh, because of the great generation of money that it would make. It would really increase the value of his team by 100%. That's what it's about for Mark too. Don't get him wrong either. You don't give a rat's ass about Raider Nation. Raider Nation and Tijuana, if he could build a stadium there, trust me, he'd move the team wherever he thought he could get a free hand. Mark Davis is not like, I'm not feeling all pouty from poor Mark Davis. No, man, he hasn't been honest from the get-go. You know, if he sold a team, it certainly wouldn't hurt my feelings, especially if he sold to somebody with some money who could do something with this freaking team and a new stadium. Appreciate it, brother. You got a great take. Our next caller from North Carolina, Raider Rubin, is in the house. He's heard the news. What do you think, bro? Good morning, Raider Greg, Raider Nation. Uh, this is Rubin from North Carolina calling in. Um, just want to talk about a couple of things with this whole relo- relocation issue going on. Uh, it's a uh, as, as a Raider Nation, we went from you know the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, and now we're in the middle and, and don't know what to do now. Um, seems like Al, the, the ghost of Al Davis is still lingering among the other 31 owners in the NFL. They don't want Mark Davis or anything Davis in the NFL anymore, it seems like. Uh, Mark Davis doesn't have the money for relocation fees that the NFL is asking for. Uh, I think $500 million for a non-profit company is a tall price tag. I mean, this how much money does the NFL bring in every single year? Millions and millions and well, not just millions, hundreds of millions of dollars every single year. You know, all the fans uh, from every single team buy tickets, buy merchandise, um, travel. Everybody benefits from it. And the asking price to relocate a team is $500 million. That's a little steep, in my in my opinion, for a league that, you know, this makes tons and tons and tons of money. Um that seems just a little ridiculous. And then um, I just saw your, your post on Facebook this morning, Greg, and I couldn't agree with you more about Mark Davis. This guy, man, I don't know what else to say about him. You know, he's blowing smoke up everybody's you-know-what and telling, me, telling everybody he wants to stay in Oakland. But the minute the vote comes around and the Raiders aren't picked, now he's throwing his fit. Well, I don't know where we're going to play somewhere on this planet. Um, you know, I, I'm threatening to go to San Antonio, move the team out of California, this, that, and the other. Um, I don't know. That's that's a bad sign in my book when it comes to future um, signings of free agents. Whether we keep our own or bring in players from other teams that are available to be signed as a free agent, um, you got you're gonna have players who are who are still impact players who have, you know, young families and whatnot, and they're playing for the last contract and they're looking for that, you know, last chance to win the championship. And they're not going to look to the Raiders, even though, you know, we have a good building blocks from last season, you know, in my opinion, a pretty successful season, even though we didn't make the playoffs and had a 7-9 record. But, you know, the future's bright for this young team. 
And no veteran playing for the last contract that can make an impact on any team is going to want to come here for the uncertainty of not knowing where it's going to happen from year to year. It's bad business all the way around, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I really don't know what else to say or think about this whole situation. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of hearing it. I'm sick and tired of seeing the LA open, uh, who's better you know, beef going on. I'm, tired of all of that. I'm tired of seeing it and reading about it everywhere. I look on on, on, on the internet and then on the news and stuff. It's just ridiculous. Mark Davis just needs to sell his part of, part of the team or offer up more shares of the team so he can build some capital because uh, obviously he doesn't have the money. You know, He doesn't even have the money to pay the taxes if he were to sell the team. If his mom were to pass away, he's you know, he has to pay a hefty tax, an estate tax um, when it, when it comes to that, if that were ever to happen, you know, Mark Davis doesn't have any kind of money whatsoever that it's, that's reasonable. Um, if this is just a terrible, terrible, terrible day, I thought I was going to, you know, be happy because finally we're going to have a decision being made on the team, whether they're going to be in LA or staying in Oakland. And now here we are, we're still in limbo. We're like, you know, walking around between heaven and hell not knowing what's going to happen next. So um, relax, Raider Nation. You know, we're still one. We're still together. No matter where we play, um, unfortunately, if it's nine in California, um, that, that'll probably be the worst scenario. But let's just try to stay optimistic and hope for the best. On that note, um, I hope everybody has a good day. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Very well said, man. You hit it all. You hit it all. You know, the owners don't have any respect for Al. They certainly don't have any respect for uh, anything that is Raider. They could care less, and I think the ghost of Al Davis is part of this. He burned a lot of these guys or these guys' partners before. Um, but I think Mark needed to really conjure up some of his dad to grow some some sack, if you know what I mean. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's still up in the air. And as far as free agencies go, I agree. Who would want to come to a place that you don't know where they're going to play next year? You're going to drag your family here? I don't know, man. It makes it tougher for Reggie to get players. You know, Mark Davis should have kept his pie holes shut and, you know, kept his feelings in his ass and just, you know, continue to smile and say, we want to live, play in Oakland. That way, even his true intentions, it would have been better than what he did. He kind of shit on the fans. Certainly gave everybody the the, uh, the idea that the Raiders are totally unstable and they don't have anywhere to go, like they're homeless. What a bunch of crap. Uh, Mark Davis should sell the fucking team to somebody who has some money, and that's for sure. I, I, don't, I don't, won't bat an eye if it happens. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is the 360 Raider. I like this guy. What's up, brother? What is up, Raider Nation? It's the 360 Raider checking in from a wet and soggy Bellingham, Washington. January 12, 2016. Mark it on the calendar. It's a date that we'll always remember in the history of our beloved Oakland Raiders. The NFL votes to 
relocate the Rams. The Chargers have the option of going to Inglewood with with the Lammies and the Raiders. They said thanks, but no thanks. We uh we out. So the Raiders stand in Oakland for for the future, but we're not quite out of the woods yet. Um, the Chargers have first dibs to to decide to either join up with the Rams and share share a spot there or, or get a deal done in San Diego. Um, and the Raiders have been given some money by the NFL to uh, to build the stadium. All I can say, man, is we good. <laughs> We're staying home. Oakland is home. Oakland is where we belong. Uh, I gotta thank the. Uh, I gotta thank you know my brothers, uh, Autumn Wind Williams, and uh, uh, Raider Grizz of Sixty Six Mob. Uh, the doctor, you know, doctor desk, all all the Super Raider fans, to you know making the treks out to Houston for this meeting. Uh, you know, standing in front of City Hall, endless hours of of you know petitioning and negotiating or whatever it is that they do to uh, you know to let the to be the voice of the Raider fan and letting Oakland know that we want our Raiders in Oakland where they belong. So the uh, the ball is in the city of Oakland's court. Okay, the city of Oakland needs to do something. You know, rebuild the Coliseum, kick the A's out of there. I don't know what, but uh, you know, we gotta we gotta figure out something, and they gotta figure out something fast because they essentially have until this time next year uh, to secure to secure a home for the Raiders in the Bay Area. Uh, hopefully, we can get something done at the existing site of the Coliseum. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, the good news is we ain't going nowhere as partner. We staying in Oak Town, baby. Oak Town. We staying in Oakland. So that's, that's the best news I've heard in a long time. Uh, I was really kind of flipped out about this, like what they were going to do. Um, especially if they go to LA. Uh, I am a season ticket holder. Uh, I, it was going to be kind of tough for me to do it to, to LA, you know, doing it in Oakland is easier, but it's still rough on the pocketbook, but the Raiders get my money. Um, so city of Oakland, get your shit together, man, figure it out. You got some, you got some money that the NFL is giving you. So, so get your shits together. Let's get something done. Uh, we can't get anything done in Oakland. Uh, I don't know. Let's do something like Frisco did. You know, move, move, uh, move, move base to, I don't know, Pleasanton, San Jose. I'm not too familiar with what's going on in the area over there, but, uh, you know, let's, let's find a site. Let's get it done. You know, if we got to stay in the Coliseum for a couple more years, fine, whatever. But, um, at least, uh, we know that we're staying in Oakland at least for this season. We're not quite out of the woods yet, but, um, you know, I think the stars are lined up for us for staying in Oakland or in the Bay Area. So on that, I'm excited. I cannot wait to renew my season ticks. 
for 2016. And uh, can't wait to see all you guys again, all the super fans out there, the lot, the lot B guys, the bad boys of barbecue. Can't wait to see you guys, man. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a nice. It's nice to know that uh, we got, I got a home to go to next year. Uh, can't wait to see you guys. It's gonna be a long, boring winter, and even more boring spring, and a very damn boring summer until we, uh, until we, uh, we're all together again. But on that. I'm out. I'll check in with you guys later. Take it easy. Well, you know, it sounds really positive, but it really isn't. It's a freaking mess. The NFL did us no favors. They did Mark Davis no favors. There's no solution. The mayor of Oakland is, you know, popping off with a bunch of hot air. There's no news from Alameda County. Let's hope they can get a deal done. I hope. But Mark's not focused here. He's focused elsewhere. Hell, he could go to Portland. Portland's been begging for the Raiders for years. You just don't know what he's going to do. Anybody who will build him a stadium, he's going to go there like a hoe. He'll just go out there and say, oh, you going to pay me? Here we go. That's Mark Davis right now. So I better, I will tell you right now, they are looking for another place to play as I speak. It is not a done deal in Oakland. I hope that they stay for at least next year because it would be great to see everybody for at least one more season as this drama unfolds. But the NFL did nothing for the Raiders uh, in, either, in either place, Carson or Oakland. Matter of fact, they kind of gave it, uh, they crapped on them, to be quite honest. And our last caller, but never least, Raider Nitty coming out of Jersey. What's up, man? What's the plan? Yo, what up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Nitty, Mountain Jersey. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on, brothers? Uh, I just want to say, man, I want to thank the Raiders for a hell of a season. You know, a lot of cats are down on, uh, you know, Musgrave, and some people are down on Carr. Listen, we got to call before we walk, people. We got to call before we walk. Every game this season we were in except for the Bengals game. Every game we were in. Now it's about learning how to close these games. This season was all about being competitive. Now we're competitive. Now the next step is to learn how to close. We got to close the game. We got to have that killer instinct. You know what I'm saying? I mean – as far as everybody calling for Musgrave's head, I get it. We were hot on offense in the beginning. We sputtered late. But, listen, I'm not trying to have another Alex Smith uh, scenario in Oakland to where Carr is getting a new offensive coordinator every damn year. We need some continuity. But give Musgrave another year, you know what I'm saying, have him come in, develop, Chemistry with the core, with Crabtree and Cooper, Seth, you know what I'm saying? Bringing another running back. We need continuity within our offense so our offense can grow. We can find our niche, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I, listen, I'm proud of, I'm, I'm damn proud of what my, what my boys did this year. Playoffs, I would have loved the playoffs, but listen, we got to call before we walk. We're not going to go from worst to first. You know, last year, 3-13, and 
it was it was it was crazy. And most of the most of the time we weren't in none of those games. A lot of these games this year, man, we would have fucking laid down. We would have laid down and checked out. Nah, this year we came out, we changed the culture. I want to give a shout out to Jack Del Rio, came in, changed the culture, changed the attitude, and now we just got to close. Um, another thing I like to see, bringing another running back. You know, if you got to go on a free agency to go out there and get Alfred Morris, we got we need a chain mover. You know, we need a chain mover, or you know, get another a young Thundercat running back in the draft. Uh, I like old boy from Notre Dame. I like that running back. I like Ezekiel Elliott. But uh, you know, listen, we, we we got a lot of room to grow. And and for the and for everybody out there who's who's down on car, listen, this is our this is our guy. Let's stand behind him. Um, you know, especially Money Man. I know Money Man is always calling for Terrell Fire. But you know what? At the end of the day, and this is this is this should be very telling. Where's Terrell Pryor? He's not playing quarterback for any other team, so that shows how the rest of the league feels about him. Listen, Carr will make the necessary steps to improve. He will make, he, he's damn near top 10 in, in, in almost every statistical category for quarterback. So we got our quarterback. He just needs to improve. He reminds me of a young Brett Favre. You know what I'm saying? He's fearless. I like that. He takes chances. You know what I'm saying? But he has the arm. He has the talent. You got to ride with him. You got to ride. Especially with the quarterback play over the last 10 years. Are you kidding me? This guy, this guy is our quarterback. So, you know, I want to give a shout out to the whole Raider Nation, all the fans, Raider Randy, Greg. Listen, man, it was a hell of a ride this year. and can't wait for next year, free agency and all that. Anyway, Raider Nation nitty. Signing out from Jersey. Let's go. Raiders. You know, that's a perfect way to end this show. That's a perfect take to end this show. Patience is important. You know, we all have to point out what we see. Musgrave, Carr. You know, at the end of the season, you start to see why. You start to see the offensive line fall apart. You see the running game start to have issues. You see the receivers not able to get free. You see a lot of things that happen as other teams figure us out. So you see different different defenses and cars sacked five times in the last game. Doesn't didn't happen earlier in the year. These are growing pains, like you said. Love the call, love the take. I agree with you 100 percent, man. We're gonna stay with our Raiders, as you know. Well, that will be it for this episode of the Raider Nation podcast. I'd love to be more positive, but man, you know, we might play here next year. That's a great thing. I guarantee you this. If we can't get a stadium started next year in Oakland, he's going to move. He's going to move somewhere because he's not stuck to Oakland. He's not hamstrung by Oakland and all the crap that he's got to go through to build a stadium there. He's got to go through the A's, the Warriors, you know, the county, the city, you know, what a freaking mess. Somebody better come up with a plan. I, I just think that Mark himself did a bad job by, A, letting go to Amy Trask. Amy Trask was the best person to uh, head this project. And uh, Mark Davis focused and put all his eggs in the L.A. basket. Well, you get what you get sometimes, Marky Mark. On that note, 
It'll be glad to see everybody at the Coliseum. I hope we play there next year. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. We have a bunch, and I mean a shitload, of things that are coming down the pipe. We got the stadium deal. We got free agency coming up pretty soon. We got the draft. We got the combine. We got all kinds of stuff happening. So stay tuned. This Raider Nation podcast is going to throw it on out there to you just like we do. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.